0: GoLight presents the Talking Bollocks Podcast. Watch your back and
1: a
2: little more. Boom, episode 82 of the Talking Bollocks podcast brought to you by Go Loud. It's me, Terry Flower.
1: It's me, C.O.B.
2: And this week we're joined by...
1: Keith
0: Tracy.
2: Keith, how's things? Oh,
0: good. Great to be here. Yeah?
1: yeah.
2: Good to have your on, pal. Good to have your on.
0: I thought you would have introduced yourself as Dick Tracy. I was going to say Dick Tracy, but then I thought my kids might watch this, so but sure that they find out anyway. So yeah, Dick Tracy, Keith <laughs> Tracy, what do you want to call me? Why is it Dick Tracy? There was a <coughs> detective back in the day, wasn't I called Dick Tracy? So the second name, somebody just called me Dick one day and it stuck. I'm
2: mean, yours. It's late. called fisho. I, yeah. I could have been called fisho. I'm happy to be called Digley. It's a bit worse. I, I know a few people mad nicknames. How do you? I know a fella called Five Face. Like, you know what I mean. Five Face. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, And he just robs push bikes Monday to Friday, nine to five. But his a face looks like crumbled up. fiver. Looks like someone. Now when you take a fiver out of your back pocket after <laughs> nine, and it's yeah. mad because when you look at him, you go, he actually
1: does look like a fiver I crumpled up. Do you know what's actually mad, one, boys? I never actually caught on it an either, and we don't talk about it enough. Why is Christopher okay. Yeah, yeah. Why do we, we call everyone gay? No, It no, was no. Christopher? That's a mad one, isn't it?
2: Yeah. There's other ones. What's other ones, boys?
1: There's a few ones for Bill and William and then Bob and Robert. Yeah, but G for Christopher. G, yeah.
0: yeah. is a Richard Dick as well? Yeah. Richard, Richard is Dick? a Dick? Yeah. If, yeah. You, if your name is Richard, people call Dick, you Dick. Why? Yeah. I don't know. How, how does that, that nickname, even match like? you get me? That's a mad one, isn't it boys? Yeah, somebody now, somewhere, but I have an excuse Yeah,
2: yeah face, dick, fish, the whole <laughs> yeah, lot. Yeah. Everyone's coming out. Right, have you listened to an episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, so, you know what zingers are in the whole yeah, of yeah. So, have a page here called Mount Joy zingers. We were up in the joy there last week. We did week. the
1: results of last week's one. Oh, was bollocks, yeah. well.
2: This was a Mount Joy I've like this is a good thing for you as well, Keith, yeah? I don't like when you get too deep. Jesus. <laughs> Where's this one? Right, here we are. Would you rather everyone guilty of murder be given the death penalty or that they're given the chance to rehabilitate and be put back
0: into society uh, the immediate answer would be give everybody a chance but you're throwing a blanket on a fucking situation that yeah. you can't throw a blanket on like it's there's some fucking horrible people out there yeah but mm.
1: But that's that's the singer. That's how complex the singer is, you know what I mean? It's like, what about this fella? He made one mistake when he was 18, but this fella is an absolute monster. Yeah,
0: no, to, the answer is, the I same. think 90%. I'd like to believe 90% of the population are not fucking lunatics, so yeah, yeah, they can be yeah. rehabilitated, but there's some fucking no-hopers out there as well. Definitely. But yeah, my, yeah I'd go with
2: Rehabilitate
0: them, yeah. Let them know.
2: Mm-hmm. Same. 61% would go rehabilitate. Oh, that's so much higher than he expected. 39% of people would just kill everyone who ever murdered before. Yeah. Like, like there's so many situations, like... I'm not getting into it, boys. Like, well, like, if you're going up the road, like, and then someone stabbed your brother or something like that, you'd murder them, like, and then, yeah. like... That's still murder, like, you know yeah. I mean? well, that's, that's the zinger. isn't I it? I know, That's what like, they say, in a for a Yeah, I just think annoy. it's harsh to just go, well,
0: I killed them all. Nah. Yeah, but that's why I go the opposite way. Yeah. Get them all out. Yeah. Really yeah. Really I agree,
2: with you, I agree, with you. yeah. Right. That was a good one from the boys. Yeah. I actually don't know what one do you want to pick one off the page. No. Right.
1: Uh, bollocks. Oh, have you got one? I, I had got one and I'm not forgetting it now. Bollocks.
2: Right. I'm just gonna pick a random one here for um, this is the Mount Joy one, yet. Yeah. One of the lads, right? I don't know which the names are anonymous, just one, two,
1: three, four. Keep them anonymous.
2: <laughs> Would you rather be able to feel your
0: emotions through your life and not be able to feel them at all? Oh, you have to feel your emotions. I, like we'll get into it later in the in the podcast I'm sure but I was an alcoholic for years numbing my emotions trying to fucking run away from them for years so now that I have emotion and I'm, I'm able to pick my kids up and play with them and have emotions I realise how important they are so for me emotions all day long mm-hmm. even though there's some fucking horrible emotions out there like oh, yeah. and stuff like that but it's all part of progressing as a human being yeah. and moving on isn't
1: it yeah but you can't appreciate the sunshine if you don't Correct. experience the rain though isn't it like, exactly, yeah. you have to realise like when you are feeling down and when they're feeling sad and you are feeling angry like feeling joyous then after that is ten times better you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. you can wake up and have a good day and that's class but when you wake up and have a good day after previously having a bad day it feels ten times better like
2: yeah I would agree boys yeah good
1: answers. Mm. good answers good answers I have got one but mine was going to sound fucking tame now compared to all the, the deep ones you know what I mean fuck and it just I bang think it out did we use it at the live show or did we use it before oh come on yeah, sorry do you brush your teeth before or after breakfast it's not a bad one uh, I brush my teeth
2: soon,
0: soon as I grow up in the morning, shower, brush the delf, and then I'm out. The yeah, you have to, otherwise, you're getting your cornflakes now it's horrible. Your coffee doesn't taste right.
1: No, I have my breakfast, then I brush my teeth.
0: Oh,
1: I couldn't know. think of anything worse than brushing my teeth, then having a cup of coffee, then you have coffee bread. I'd rather get that all done first, then you brush your teeth, then you're fresh. You've had your coffee and you, you smell fresh then.
2: See, that makes sense, but I just wouldn't be able to function about it. Someone and said wash this
1: to me before. Someone said that, like what you said, Keith. oh Imagine your morning and eating your breakfast yet, but who cares? Like you're eating your breakfast. Yet. I live
0: in a three story fucking gaff. Like I'm not and my bedroom's up the top of the gaff. Like I'm brushing my teeth going downstairs. And you're not going back up. Yeah. not nah. going yeah. back up going Two to fucking bed. trips up to the gaff now. Nah. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Minimal. Right, but that's, a, there's my one. that's a valid point. That's a good thing. Have you ever got a zinger, Keith? Yeah, but you said you already did it like We'll it. let you do it again because you had a good story behind it. Yeah, well when I was when I was younger, as I, I broke onto the scene, I ended up with Nike and Daddy Dash trying to Sponsor me for football boots, but you get fucking golf gear, all, all everything, all the mod cons off them. So I went with Nike because I thought Nike was that slightly bit better than Adidas. But my wife said Adidas, so that opened up a zinger for us. But you said you had Nike or Adidas before, yeah. didn't you?
1: Mick Conlon did it when he was on. Because I remember him saying, I was like, geez, that's a bit Yeah, I think y'all
2: we went Nike I think Nike is miles ahead of Adidas.
1: Yeah, yeah. miles ahead. Yeah. The they nearly went post in the in the pandemic.
2: Hey, Adidas,
1: Adidas, yeah, they nearly went under. See,
2: I met the man saying Adidas there, and then,
1: and well, you the saying Adidas, Adidas yeah. and now I think, ah, oh, my head's yeah. scrambled. I was already what it's called Adidas. The founder is Adidasla, yeah. Adidasla? That's his name, Adidasla, yeah. Is it? And his brother found Puma. <laughs> and what's his name? I don't know, is there? So <laughs> I thought it was going to be... Paul Dazzler. I didn't know whether it was a joke. <laughs> no, I promise you, that's legit. That, that German brothers. I swear to God. yeah. Addy yeah. Dazzler founded Adidas.
2: Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll show her out again the weekend. No, you got Adidas. Right, seeing as are boxed off, boys, what's the story with them uh, fizzy bleeding tattoos out there? Yes,
0: Gracel.
2: <laughs> boys, what's the crack? They're all over this building. I don't know what's happening. I don't know whether there's a sponsor Mr. Tato was you know,
1: giving
2: what? them a. It was a week, yeah. You got a slap if he comes in here with fizzy cola, again. What's the crack with them? I
1: just can't believe that someone sat around and goes you know, I'll be a like there, boys. If we go fizzy cola flavour, crisps out on the market. And then, like, how many people had to say, yeah, 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 that's yeah. a deadly idea.
0: How did they get past the taste test?
1: How many? Like, how many they people had to say, yeah, to that for that to go out to the market?
0: Yeah. I want to it, see. It? It's a packet of crisps or a pack of jellies. You don't get. A pack of
1: oh. crips that tastes like fucking jellies. Like it's one yeah. or the other. It's yeah. like that yeah. or a pack of jellies that tastes like
0: crips. Yeah, it's, oh, that, cheese yeah. and onion and cola bottles. Oh stop. It's just some things you're,
1: like you're supposed to draw the line. Like don't do this. I want to see the sales of them. Do you know what I mean? After like what two or three months on the market, can't you can see many people bought them.
2: Yeah, because you'd imagine loads will boil them to be like, oh, I need to try them and yeah. and then like they'll just go. they
1: can be smart and do what we done, open one pack and give everyone a taste.
2: Yeah. There you go. I might having one clip out the bank, you'd have very bad yeah like the, I, it's actually
0: weird I, I can't I can't it does messes your head up Yeah, like are yeah. yeah. sitting there tuning bad. on a crisp your taste and you're tasting the jelly is like and it's cutting your teeth and it tastes like a jelly yeah, yeah <laughs> oh, it's not <laughs> right
2: moving
0: on from that yeah uh,
1: something I want to talk about because one of the boys sent it to me and it reminded me so we were out the weekend right and uh we started up uh, Parnell Street and we're moving our way over here to the south side but we stopped off in, uh, in sorry in Temple Bar Shout out to Frankie, one of the boys was saying, and we stopped to have a point with him. And uh the boys went in and bought a round of drinks. Three points, yeah. Nine euro each. Nine euro for a point. in the credit union to go for a point. Nine you know I euro
2: mean? for a point. That's scandalous, boys. It's an absolute yeah. joke. And
1: then he went on to the next bar and it was five something. Like, that's a joke, boys.
2: But how see they they on my man's life, I ordered a point and he says 9 euro not paper. And that if I had 50 million in the
0: bank, just our principal, I'd be like, they're not getting 9 euro for a point. I was at a wedding in Trim on Thursday and I don't, I don't drink anymore, but a can of Red Bull, fiver. Yeah, but a can of yeah. fucking Red Bull, like,
2: yeah, yeah. Blade shocking, is isn't it? So they'll be paying 6 euro for non alcoholic pints of Guinness yeah. and all that. Yeah,
1: shocking. I used to drink Red Bull when I stack on it. I never drank. So when I stack on it, I used to only drink that, you know, just trying to stay awake. Yeah. And it was always a fiver. It
2: mm.
1: was always a fiver. Some nightclubs used to go in and they used to give you the vodka and Red Bull separate. So, like, you pour the vodka in and that'd be like three something. And I'd be like, Yes, sound. Give the vodka to someone and take the Red Bull then because it was cheaper. Yeah,
2: that's mad. Yeah, that's a weird And what's a crack with knowing euro a point, though?
1: Yeah, that's I don't sharp. understand. Like, surely that was the Americans are coming over here and they're like, Oh, this is great. Yeah, you're paying nine your point. Bar? It was in Temple Bar. No, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, now You wouldn't get that in your local because yeah. like, it wasn't oh. their Temple Bar. It was one of the other pubs, you know, like that. Around
2: yeah,
1: it, yeah, yeah. But then. Something that really, really annoyed me and rubs me up the wrong way all the time. Not being able to go into places in town. Do you see three or four walking up and you're like, Yeah, hey, lads, not tonight, regulars only and all you're like, What what's going on? It's here? an you, absolute know? joke that is. When boys on Sainted the other week, when was that? Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago? If even,
2: yeah. Two weeks ago or something. See, so I live down doesn't really matter. It's the Stony Batter festival was on, yeah. yeah. And the whole roads are there packed over there. The you street be, was
1: closed. You couldn't drive down. No, you
2: couldn't drive up or down it. Roads are packed over. Everybody's out on the road drinking. Them. All the pubs are full. little now. And I, I don't know. I think we had a podcast that day or something like that. But that evening then I was with two or three of the boys. And uh, <clears throat> we said, fuck it, we'll get out and we'll have the boys and whatever. and got a blame point. So, we went into one of the pubs says, what story, pal? yeah, three, whatever. And he just goes, yeah, no, not tonight boys. No. We were like, <laughs> what's going on here I should, now we live two minutes from this place yeah and I was like what's the story here and I goes why and he goes lads not tonight he's acting getting served and we were like what's the what story with him like so we bounced crossed over to the other side of the road into the other pub just on the corner now there's hundreds of people on the roads packed over mm. and there was a fellow walking around and I think I thought he was taking orders which he was actually and I said so mate what's the story and I goes any chance you can get me Honeycomb zero and whatever, and he goes, Yeah, he goes, I don't think I'm gonna be allowed to serve you as boys, but uh, give me two minutes. So we went into the pub, and then some bloke comes out in a suit up to the four of us or whatever, and he goes, Yeah, lads, you're just getting served, move on, right? And I went, What do you mean, like, what did we do wrong? And he's like, Dress code, said mate, we're out on the road, we're out there asking mm-hmm. for takeaway cups. Every, now we're in shorts, uh, we, we were in shorts and a half, but it's a summer's day, like, you know what yeah. I mean? And everyone out on the road is in shorts and t shirts and everything else. And I was like, what? Dress code And I said, mate, we're getting them in takeaway cups. Like, we are even we're cross the road. No, lads, you aren't getting served. End of story. Move on. What the fuck? So he says, we'll yeah. go to another place. The hatchery. didn't even get in, Didn't even get to the smoking area. The, you have to go through the smoking area in the doors of this pub, walk in. As we're walking up towards the security guard in the corner, lads, 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 says, what's going on here? Don't. Go on, turn off. He says, what the fuck is going on? Then one of the boys had an argument with him. Well, not an argument. He was like, why aren't you serving like, Now trying to get an act And He's like, you just aren't getting served. And that's the end. Because it's frustrating. Though. For no reason, three pubs in a row. Okay. Where, where we're from, this is Dublin 7. Like, we're all from Dublin 7. Not bad from anywhere. No trouble at all. And... That nice lads that was with, I'm not going to say any of the names around, but my brother was one of them, and then the other lads, and the, like, we're all, like, we don't go out looking for trouble, we don't cause yeah. trouble. I don't fucking drink. Do you know what I mean? But you're still getting the same amount of money on me for non alcoholic, anyways. Mm. So, like, there was no trouble around. We just, three places just wouldn't serve us. One of them says dress code, and everyone's out on the road to take away cups. Yeah. Yeah. So, we were all saying, like, that's, I don't. But then you were
1: saying, last yeah, night, the, the spot we were going to, right? One of the lads goes, go to this place, won't say the name, but. I know the bouncer and I was like we never get in there like every time I went up there Vos got refused and he goes no 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 the bouncer so we go up and he does know the bouncer he comes out says hello we got a table but you're sitting outside on the street yeah. and we were like any chance we can move uh, not even inside just over the other side of the barrier closer to the, mm. to the pub and he goes if a table comes available he says I'll give you a show. so the trees were sitting there for about half an hour and then we seen someone we knew who was sitting at a table and they wanted to swap for us they wanted to sit outside so we're like oh grand so we gave the bouncer a shout. I was like, them lads now want to swap roos, is that all right? And the bouncer comes up and he goes, lads, you you got me in trouble. you gonna have to go. And we're like, what? what? What do you mean? He goes, the boss isn't happy. And with that, this fella pops his head over the shoulder and goes, I'm the boss around here, I call the shots, that's the last drink, and he's gone. And I thought it was a wind-up. I was like, What's that? What's that happening here? And with that, your man legged it. And the bouncer was like, he's gonna have to go after that drink. And I was like, This, this isn't real. Like, I was like, this is a wind up. So we stayed. I goes, I'm not leaving. I goes, I don't know who that fellow was. I goes, I'm not leaving. And the bouncer came over and he goes, Look, that was the boss. Like, nothing I could do yeah. about that. I goes, Right, it's grand. So we stayed probably about for another half an hour. And then uh, the boss came back and he goes, I told you that was the last drink. The bouncer took the drinks off the table and that was it. We had to go. Like, I mean, we caused no hassle with anybody. We weren't even interacting with people. We were actually looking at people walking by us, falling up and down the road yeah. in a jocker. And like, the people who were going in were in an awful sea. Like, clearly had too many. And we were sitting there the boys got a couple of rounds of drinks in like you're spending money not causing any hassle for anyone barely interacting with other people the only people we really interacted with was the fellas that we seen and wanted to swap the tables Yeah. and then the owner comes over and goes yeah not a chance Ew. it's like he must have only copped yeah like what are you had to do you let them in here yeah Ew.
0: like it's makes no fucking sense it's like you see young that
2: dress like us or talk like us or something like that and they're just like, no, that's yeah. trouble. Put two and two together. It's classism. TV I TV don't do give that. a bollocks. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that can tell me different. It's like, if you wear a blade in half, shipping a pair of night shorts, you'll refused from places. It's a fucking hot summer's day. Mm-hmm. I don't like wearing cargo shorts or denim shorts. I shouldn't have to wear them to just have a point outdoors somewhere. Do you know what I mean? They'd be rock up in an underarm top and shorts now, not tonight. Do you know what I mean? It's a joke. Yeah, but especially
1: if you're, like you're out. out. Yeah, because you're I understand out, if you're going in, you can't come in on that, yet. Right. Well, outside, like, yeah. Yeah,
0: outside, just leave you still. You're out of trouble then fuck you off. But yeah. let you in, well, like, you?
1: Do you ever just walk up there on? They're like, all right, lads. And they're like, all right, man. Yeah. No, all
0: right.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they have the power to say no, they do it. Yeah, and it's a power
2: trip, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's classism as well, to be honest with you. It's a blatant joke, guys, boys, but. Here we are, alive and well in 2022, anyways. Yeah. Isn't <laughs> right. um, any other
1: suggestions, no, though? That's it. That's, that's all. Nine euro points and discrimination. I'm I'm fucking
2: Physical potato. Sort that out, boys. But, anyways, Keith, what we do with every guest, you want to take us back to the start? Where you're from? What life is like growing
0: up? And- yeah. Uh, I grew up in the flats in Sheriff Street. Uh, normal enough. Upbringing like grew up and used to up with flats as well. He yeah. was around, like not share of our Flats, but the flats. Normal, like I just remember from minute one, like having a football in my hand. I didn't really have too many friends, like I just always had a football in my hand. Uh, don't really like remember they used to tie a horse up out the back of the flats and I used to run around like nutmeg and that, thinking I was fucking brilliant, like from an early age. <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah, I just like little random, random memories of my me dad bringing me to Lansdowne Road standing on, I was sitting on his shoulders in the, behind the goal we playing somebody and just seeing like the men and all jumping around you know being just like the football having their attention like just staring at them nice. and thinking yeah. this is what I want to do I want to fucking do this and from then on my life was just fucking football 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 and yeah fucked off over to England uh, like permanently at 15 but I, I was nearly over there you know four days out of the week from the age of 12 like did you go the skill in town? I went to O'Connell's, yeah. I went to O'Connell's, but like I, I got... When I started the tour year, there was people from the bleeding, uh, I don't know, from the government, like knocking on the door saying, <coughs> Keith has missed, missed too much school, blah, blah, that they're missing so many amount of days. But I was just in England doing trials. And like there were 16 clubs out of the Premier League were asking me to go on trial. There was a couple from Scotland, Celtic and Rangers from Scotland. And I nearly signed for Celtic. And like I, there was clubs like Birmingham sent me... Uh, a fax to go over on trial and I just sent back like I can't go to other clubs like, Birmingham's not really somebody I see me sell playing for sent back a contract like thinking oh yeah I'll sign the contract but I won't go on trial it was just fucking mad so shit so didn't do a trial for them and they sent you a contract yeah. Because there was that many trials coming in and because Belvo had a, I played for Belvo That's what I was going to ask
1: there, what schoolboy team did you play for?
0: Yeah, I was with Belvo, but we, they had like sort of a, not an alliance, but like sort of a little bit of an like alliance with Millwall yeah, and Sunderland. Yeah. So we sort of had to go to Millwall and Sunderland just to pat Belvo's back type of thing. So I did that and then Blackburn was great. I loved Damien Duff, so I, I wanted to be him. and like When he was at Blackburn, I was like, I'll go to Blackburn. Literally, as I signed, he fucked off the Chelsea for like, what was it, 17, 18 million. So, that yeah, yeah. was good. It was good upbringing. Like, I, tr- I went to Blackburn because it was like Emmerdale Farm. Like, me ma came over, had a look at it and she said, like, you won't get in trouble here. So, mm. we fuck you here because it's a bit of a hyper fucker. Like, so,
1: yeah. You were saying, I know I we'll had to jump into the football, but before we got on, you were talking about skill, and when you got suspended that time.
0: Yeah, but school skill, skill was grand for me because... Like, I, I wasn't a particularly bold child. I was more like, I'd sit in the corner and go to sleep. I just wouldn't fucking pay attention to anybody. And you know, you have like the tears. It was OCS, like for the O'Connell's initial. So I was in the S class, which was the fucking, the bottom class. So I just went in there and fell asleep. But every now and then on the yard, I'd act the bollocks. And I remember throwing a coin and they suspended me. And like, I think the fella hit the principal, suspended me. The next day, got a going to knock on the door. Like, what's the story? Can Keith come and play in this match? My man was like, he's suspended. Oh no no! We lift the suspension, we lift it. So they lifted it. I went and played, and went back to school. So politics at that blade. Oh, man, it, it gets worse. You'll see. it guess as you go up the ladder, it just gets worse. The more, the better you get at football. The more you get away with in life, and you know it wasn't good. Like it probably sent me some bad fucking habits in on me, but...
2: Yeah, you know, do I mean, reckon you you, you you didn't really pay attention to skill because you knew you were gonna be a footballer?
0: Yeah, well Celtic offered me a contract at fourteen. Celtic uh, because there's no way uh, the YTS is uh, in is in England yeah. That that's like a, a training thing so you only get like a couple of hundred uh, I was on a hundred sorry I was on 90 pound a week at Blackburn Celtic at 13 offered me 300 pound a week because you're just a professional straight away in Scotland there's no YTS system at 13 at 13 and like that would have been more than what my outfit was getting so I, di- I didn't go anyway I, I remember sitting I was sitting in uh, Parkhead ready to sign and the contract was in front of me and I wanted to stay in a certain digs with the Irish lads it was o O'Day and a couple of others and they said to me, oh no, the, the fella's getting released in six months, so you're you'd moving to that house in six months. And I was really, I was quite shying in myself, so I looked at me ma's I was like, listen, I'm not happy, I want to be in with the Irish lads. So me ma pulled the plug, thinking Celtic will arrange it and we'll go back. But then Blackburn said, oh, we'll give you 120 a week and we'll do this and you'll, you, you'll like link up closely with Duffer. You know, sort of gave me a bit of a spiel and I went to Blackburn instead. But, so, yeah.
1: you're saying at 13 you're getting off of these little contracts, yeah? And you're, put, you're not signing them or whatever. Are you coming back to Dublin? Because you didn't go out until you were 15, yeah? Mm. So you coming back to Dublin being like, I don't give a bollocks for anyone. It's, people are trying to tell me what to do. No one can tell me what to do. <sighs> like, I'm blagging getting offers left, right and centre here. It's only a matter of time before I'm gone.
0: Yeah, well, like, from an early age, like, you have to imagine there was scouts coming to me house in Sherry Street, like, knocking on the door, sitting down and saying, ah, oh, he's going to be the next Damien Duff. He's going to have this, like, start looking for houses out in Bray. I mean, man like. They didn't know how to deal with it. So they were thinking, oh, he's going to be a millionaire. Like, we're we'll sort of for life. And you sort of buy into it yourself. But yeah, it's like, it, I didn't stay as level headed as I should have. But like I said, I wasn't a bold child. Like, just go in and, like, be the key, do you need to listen to this. And they go, oh, fuck off. Like, I'm going to be a yeah. footballer. Who cares? Like, so I, I wouldn't, like, act the bollocks. But I just sit there, not paying attention and fall asleep and, like, just wait for the matches to roll around. Yeah. Did you ever go on trial trying to any of the like, top four clubs in England? I went, to, I went to United, yeah. I went to Arsenal. Uh, I didn't go to Liverpool. Um, that that's, that's fucking that long ago. field. how I, did you follow growing up as a kid? I, I followed Liverpool, but I fo- I started to follow Liverpool because my dad followed Liverpool, yeah. and then Ger- it was at the same time that Gerard Houllier took over Liverpool. You know, mm. it was fucking horrible to watch. It was boring. <laughs> and then I was watching Arsenal with Wenger. You know, Bear Camp, Henri, all that. So I was like, fuck this. I'm an Arsenal fan now. Yeah. So I was Liverpool to start with, but from the age like eight or nine I switched to Arsenal just because of the fucking players they had <laughs> but the, the weird story about United is I, I went on trial to United and uh, I came back and it was it was the weirdest weirdest thing I was walking through the corridor like say from here to there and as I was walking the fella knew I was behind him but he didn't hold the door for me and I, I just like I remember thinking they wouldn't do that in Blackburn it was like this is Manchester United you should be privileged to be here yeah. whereas mm-hmm. Blackburn were like we're fucking privileged to have you here son we, we love you we think you're great United were just like whatever you're just a fish in the pond and i, I came back and i didn't think they'd say that but he said another thing saying will you come on trial again so i said no carlos cuirass rang the gaff asking if i personally asked if i come on trial again i said no and like it was it was That's mad played. just fucking it was that yeah. the, the, the remember when, when you had house phones mm. the house phone ringing like it's carlos Quiros. and you're thinking like fuck off who's this like but actually fucking Carlos Queer that's like
1: so what well, old when all this this is all it's still before you turn 15 like yeah just like 13 14, maybe 14 just and 15 yeah that's madness and you, how many is in your family then Keith are you the oldest
0: no I'm the middle one I have uh, my older brother Martin then there's me then Graham then uh Nikita Megan so two girls two boys
1: so like just. Chaos in the gaff, and then oh, I
0: yeah. ring ringing the phone. Yeah, well, I think your was probably just happy to get rid of one of the choice, like, say i fuck off over a triple <laughs> week like, get, get one of them out of the gaff. Like, so yeah, that was grand. It was mad times, but it was it was all normal, like for me. Yeah. It, I think like, we didn't know. That's one, all
1: knew, it's, that's yeah. all knew, you obviously would have been so if you're getting tapped up at, at that age, yeah, you would have been one of the, the best fucking underage in Ireland at yeah, the time. You had to be what one or two in the country then at that stage.
0: Yeah, well, like, it's probably not for me to say. It's probably for somebody else to say. But people have said there was, you know, Stokes, you know, Anthony Stokes Good saying dear. it was me and him at, at that age level that were, like, pointing out to be the best players. But, yeah, it was mad. I, I played for Ireland at every level as well, from 15s up to the first team. And I played in every professional league in England as well. So it was a fucking crazy journey. But looking back, I, it's weird because I feel like I had the talent to do a lot more, but Mm. mentally I was just fucking lacking
1: like. yeah I haven't even got into it yet i thought about looking
0: back not <laughs> even nearly. yeah yeah so Blackburn
2: <laughs> is obviously who you signed for Then talked to us about it, the time there and
1: stuff What, what's <laughs> so you signed the contract for Blackburn yeah what's the first day like mm. over there
0: uh, the first day was mad it was it was in around this time it was the the start of July uh, I couldn't even tell you what year like I'm, I'm gonna be shite with dates because like I abused the fucking the gargle for years so my me, me head's a bit bleeding fuzzy with dates but yeah, I remember flying over. I got there and just like a digs with I think there's sixteen rooms, so 200 rooms, room, thirty-two players. And he just I met this fella from Blackbourne called Frankie Fielding, and he said, Keith, that's your real mate. And he was from Blackburn, so he was grand, like he was a bit like a bit chatty, so he'd like break the ice 'cause I I was real fucking shy like in myself. But yeah, the first day I met him, I remember I, I had the Usher album. Remember Usher fucking 90210? No, yeah. no, no. yeah. I had that bleeding album and I just remember turning me back to Frankie like and just crying for a while. And I've done that for about six months, just fucking crying myself asleep, listening to me walk, man. But like people always said to me, did you would you not come home? I was like, No, because I knew like I was crying because I wanted to be at home, but yeah. I knew I wasn't fucking going home. Yeah. So although I was crying, I still had the vision of no, I'm gonna be a footballer, but I'm just sad at the minute. Like it was homesick, but I was dealing with it. Like, who was the manager I was going to. The foot uh Graeme Silness. Graeme Souness was the force manager. It was bleeding. I remember the like the family when you're signing, the family came over. I brought my man there over, and my dad's a big Liverpool fan, so he was like, Fucking Graham Seunis, yeah. I'm gonna meet yeah. Graeme Soonis. He came down the bleeding hall with like a, you know, one of them big bleeding things on, he had go. So he like comes rocking down the <laughs> hall. He's like, All right, Keith, you know he he shook me hand, he said, It's great to have another hard paddy in the club. I just looked at me dad like he hasn't seen me play because like, I oh, was a winner yeah. like that fucking go diving like as soon as you touch me <laughs> yeah. but he was like another oh, hard paddy I was like fucking hell, <laughs> shock, hell. Yeah, but even then he fucked off to Newcastle about a month later as well so all like I signed because of Duff I signed because of fucking CNS and everybody was out of the club like in two or three months so yeah you learned like you don't have a lot of relationships who took over people. from CNS then? Uh, Mark Eos yeah Sparky got the job the yeah placement
2: then as well to yeah. when you're that young like you know what I mean what were they like what was Suna's and
0: you was like uh, I didn't have a lot of dealings with S. so I, remember, I, I trained under them uh, I, I would have been 15 uh, with the, Are you team. the first team yeah I, I, I got there and because I was so young I didn't have your way for clearing so I wasn't actually allowed to play for the under 18s so Blackburn were saying listen we'll just bring you over and if you get home so you can go back like sort of a transition period but I was training with the under 18s and they were playing in the youth cup so I, I couldn't train with them and they were literally going, like, where where's the reserves? Where's the 90? What can we do? Fuck them down to the force team. So I just trained with the force team. And I remember seeing S, Andy, Todd, like Brad Friedel, Damian Duff. and just like at 15, like I, I mm. like I don't want to come across as big head, but I didn't really feel out of place. And later in my career, I remember thinking, like, oh, well, if I'm all right here now, what am I going to be like at 22? And like my foot started coming off the pedal yeah. straight away rather than thinking. If I'm already at a certain level, I could be like get better, right Yeah, Rather than, you know, I, I took it off and, you know, regrets. But, you know, Blackburn was a good time. And mm-hmm. Yeah, Sioness, he was a tough man, but he was one of them. Like, I think fear was a good motivator for me. So, when it, the managers I was afraid of, I always played the best for. It. And Sioness and Mark Hughes probably fell into that category. Yeah, right
1: yeah. Mark Hughes gave you a Premier League debut, did he?
0: No, it was, uh, it was Paul Ince. I, I played for the first team under Mark Hughes at, I think I was sixteen but it was like a pre-season friendly against somebody and he, he, he never really trusted me defensively he always said no I think you're great going forward but your arse is always out the window defensively that's what he used to say to me and uh, Paul Ince I can't remember there was a couple of years and then Paul Ince got the job and it was literally first game of the season everything away we were losing losing 1-0 with 20 minutes to go and he turns you like Keith you're on to get a free? I did because I thought you meant Keith Andrews behind me <laughs> <meters>. like, oh, <laughs> me <laughs> yeah, no, I, I went on and there was like a, a doy out getting played and Phil Neville came and he and smashed me, but the ball ran through to where I left wing, or, or the left back and he crossed it and we scored. So I sort of dummied it and they were like, oh, well done, Keith. I didn't know, I just got smashed in the build-up yeah. where everybody's like, well done. So I'm like, yeah, here we go. Like, and 11 games later, that was the fucking end of it. Like, But yeah, no, in scaming my debut. Yeah. Well, you played against United as well, didn't you? Yeah. And played. you smashed Ronaldo. I, did. I left a bit on him, but I didn't fucking smash him. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. yeah. yeah That's like folklore around town.
1: Oh, Honestly, up. like, no matter what, any time anyone ever mentions your name, remember he smashed Ronaldo.
0: That's all I ever That's used was That's a great hear.
2: thing to have down the locker, isn't it? Yeah, but...
0: Oh, he smashed Ronaldo. I remember, shit, yeah. I, 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 it was fucking raining in the Ewood, and I, like, he was from here to there the way, and I looked at him, and I remember everybody like the left-back, Mickey Gray, being real afraid of him, and everybody like, oh, fucking Ronaldo. Ronaldo. And I remember looking at him, he had the ball, and I said, right, come on, I'll show you the wing. Like, let's have a race, you cunt, because I was, I was fast at the time. But my Jays is like, he just fucking left me for dead. Like, I put I put my arm out to, like, feel him, and I was just, like, put, touching brick, like, and he just, I, I felt him going and going, I just fucking pushed him. And I see like, Alex Ferguson jumps up, like, yeah, we a little cunt. Six months later, I was playing for his son at Preston, like, it was <laughs> just, it's mad, mad life. <laughs> That's
2: a
1: mad old story, isn't mm-hmm. it? So all This is happening really fast, Keith. Obviously, your blackbone career must have been skyrocketed. Yeah, mm. is everyone just being like yes, men around you?
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think uh, by the age of 17, 18, I was after whatever contract I was after getting. I don't know whether it was my second professional or tour professional contract, but I bought an apartment and I bought a Range Rover. And I, the Range Rover didn't even have a license. I just text somebody, I want a Range Rover, turned up the next day, got me apartment. And, like, the apartment, the only thing that Blackburn said was buy the apartment, like, the training ground is in a place called Brockhall Village, like a gated community. So my apartment was in there, in where the training ground is. And, like, at 17, I think I was on two and a half grand a week. I got a 50 grand signing on bonus. Looking danger. mm -hmm. Danger zone, innit?
2: Like, it's... And how... Like, you said that was a second or third professional contract.
0: How frequent would you get contracts? Eh, well, the the first one I signed when I went over at 15 was a three-year deal. But, Like, literally, after the first time I trained with the the first team, they were like, fucking give him another one because somebody will come in and nick him or whatever. So I got another, I jumped up to £800 a week. And then it was Allardyce had a look at me. And he was like, listen, we're going to sort you out. We're going to put you on a decent Premier League fucking thing. And he came in with like two and a half grand. I was thinking, it was like, here we go, 50 bags a week, like two and a half grand a week. But it was me I was on- If we won the game of football, the bonus was three grand. It was a grand a point, the bonus. So if we won the game of football, I'd actually earn more money than I had. My salary. Like- That's blatant mental. That like,
2: cause you always heard of these mad little bonuses and all for footballers. Like there's like there's Make appearance the bonuses yeah, yeah. and there's all this carry on. There's like people think you're on like say the big players like fifty grand a week. But there there's goal bonuses and clean sheet bonuses. Yeah. And there's all this carry on. It's mental. Oh, I heard that right? you
1: got like you. Like you obviously get a bonus if you play, but then you can get a bonus if you don't play as well. So, no matter what, you're going to get a bonus in the yeah, game. Yeah,
0: you, you get, even if you draw, lose, win, you get a bonus, you get an appearance bonus. I, I had an appearance bonus at Burnley, but it was only after the 70, or before the 75th minute. So, if I came on in the 80th minute, I didn't get paid. So I had to come on before the 75th minute. And you want to see it, if you, like, you look through live score or whatever, the amount of times I came on in like the 76th, no the 79th. Oh, they know what they're doing. Like, clubs aren't stupid. They'll sit there and go, we bring Keith on. But it's that's just to the manager, isn't it, though, as well? Because what's a man's name who did that James English
2: podcast?
1: Yeah, he Billy, played for Everton.
2: Billy something. I can't remember his name, but I listened to that podcast. Scouse
1: fellow played for Everton, yeah.
2: and uh, A brilliant podcast, by the way. But in it, he was saying that, he was injured, but he was on the bench and he was saying, look, I can't fucking play this game and whatever. And then it came to about the 90th minute. I forget how the manager was or everything. But he brought him on he's like, I can't, my leg is fucked. We ended up bringing him on and then after the game, the manager threw his arm around his shoulder and he says, that was your so-and-so appearance. Now you have to get this amount of money. And yeah. extra, say, 30, 50 grand or yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And a lump as well. And he was like, oh, we yeah, didn't play, even, yeah.
2: he said he didn't even know it at the time because he he had a bad problem with the alcohol as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't even realize that's where it was over but he threw him on and then he was like fair play to him for doing that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, fair play. Yeah. So you think that the managers would just be like throw him on the 74th minute there. Yeah.
1: It's not their money. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, you said at 17 you had a Range on no license. Are you drinking at that age, Keith? Or?
0: Yeah, I would have been drinking like uh, probably yeah the back end of 16. I had, I had, my first couple of points was me going away party like at, at 14, 15. I had a couple of points in Fairview Park And I fucked off over. Just got my head down for the first couple of months. But then, like, I started getting comfortable with my roommate Frankie. There was a couple of Scottish boys that I got friendly with and soon enough, there's a fucking drinking skill. Like, and I don't know what it was. Like, all the lads would walk into the English pubs and he wouldn't get served. But in like, I'd walk in and go, there's a point and he'd give it to me. I played in 16. It was weird. Like, but, Mm. yeah, no, I, I used to, yeah. But, like, it wasn't a big thing. It was, like, Probably once a week, probably once every two weeks, it wouldn't be a big thing. Like it's one blow up. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But at the time, there was no alarm bells, like, because I was still working hard at the football Yeah,
1: walk, no, young yeah like, and I was going out, out, like, going around, out into the town, like the dogs bollocks. Yeah, well,
0: Blackburn, like I said, where I lived in Brockhall Village, it was like fucking Emmerdale Farm. So we had, it was like a 20 minute drive to Blackburn to get into the city centre. And yeah, we were in there most nights. Well, I was in there most nights towards the end because I, I, I ended up in a fucking weird. Place where I was too good for the reserves but not quite good enough for the first team. so I was in like, right, like, you're on the bench for the first team. don't play with the reserves in case you're playing for the first team. Mm. So I was in that limbo of not playing, so I just ended up on the fucking sauce, like. yeah. And you're, you're like, I say, you're in this limbo, so like, nobody ever really, yeah, he doesn't look right because yeah. like, I wasn't fucking playing, I was just travelling everywhere, yeah. So yeah, I got away with it for a long time,
1: like, yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, do you know, you'd signed the YTS initially, yeah. Do you have to go to school then?
0: Yeah, uh, at Blackburn, I was supposed to do two days a week in a place called Moyerscove College, uh, a full day Monday. Not half day Monday and a full day Wednesday, but like I said, I, I remember, like, I think, I, did, I didn't do the course, it was some sort of bleeding bollocksy course I was supposed to do, but I, I never turned up, I never did it. I would end up training with the reserves and the first team, playing for the reserves and the first team, so they was just like, keep you scrap college. and I th- Blackburn, I think, got fined two and a half grand. You know, absolute peanuts like so yeah the human being they didn't give a fuck about because at the time everybody's like well he's going to be a footballer he's going to have millions like who mm, gives yeah. a fuck if he has an education so yeah it was it uh, defeats
1: supporters of a YTS then doesn't it really exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah but
0: like i said everything was coming so quick i think it took a little bit like even the people in blackburn by surprise like oh well, fuck if he's he's better off training with the force team than learning some shite in college like that that was always what they thought and obviously the human being was getting left behind but the fucking footballer was yeah. thriving like yeah. did you enjoy that time at Blackburn I loved it yeah it was a bit tarnished towards the end but that that was my own fault like I, I spent fucking six years there and I got on with all the managers got on with most of the players the receptionists looked after me it was I did really enjoy it but towards the end yeah, I, got, I got like that was my own fault they crashed my car with no license and Allardyce fucking had enough of me wouldn't even talk to me like who got to the car
2: How did...
0: that was me agent I, I I won't mention an Irish bloke but I, I won't mention him but it was a bit of a fucking you know like I say again it was just yes man like nobody had the bollocks to say you're not fucking getting that like yeah. they were just sort to give me what I wanted but had he not have given it to me I'm sure there would have been an agent around the corner said oh, i fucking get it for you yeah. and, you know I would have moved on probably so it was a rock and a hard place for other people as well Like
1: so come here Allardice comes in yeah that he like he's a no nonsense so, type of fella yeah and. He just have no time for you like if you were acting a bollocks?
0: Weirdly enough, he fucking loved me as a person. Like we'd we'd have a bit of cracking, like he he was big on nights out, but he'd bring families, like you said, get your missus, come out, we'll do this, and his missus, and everybody go out like a big team bonding. He he was a nice bloke, but he just I remember like the falling out, I had with him. We went we were in we went to Austria for a pre season and we were fucking running like lunatics. But he brought this fucking uh, like a a psychiatrist with him. For the players, you know, want to want load on like whatever you are giving out about, but nobody would talk to him because everybody knew well. Whatever he say to him, he's going to go back to Elladys because yeah. he's employed by fucking Elladys. Mm. So your man was like, nobody's talking to me, Gaffer. So he's like, well, one of the young kids fucking better talk to you. Dickhead here has to talk to him, don't he? So I had a chat with him. He's like, oh, look, why do you not feel you are in the team? blah, blah blah. And I said, oh, well, listen, Martin's playing ahead of me. A fella called Martin against Pedersen. <laughs> a fella a fella called him. Oh, <laughs>
1: a fella no called big idea, deal. Yeah. yeah left I, but,
0: peg. like I want the thing. Had. But I, I start like. Sorry, previous to that me, me and Allardyce has had it out and Allardyce gave a reason that Martin had a long throw like oh, well if you get a, a fucking throw in Martin can put it into the box from anywhere and I was like is that what gets you into a Premier League team? Yeah. So I unloaded that onto the psychiatrist saying like I can't believe he's saying Martin is ahead of me because of a long throw I said, like, oh well bloody blah blah, blah blah two days later I flew back to Manchester like ready to start the season next morning come in yeah Keith, you're going on loan to Sheffield aren't you know you? So you think he, he ratted be a snake in the camp because I, I was literally the number two left winger. Yeah. And like I, at what, nineteen, twenty on the bench in the Premier League coming on every now and then, I was happy enough where I was like in my career. Mm. And they were like, nah, you're out, Sheffield United. And I, I said, I remember sitting in the office and saying to Allardyce, no, oh, I don't want to go. He said, you haven't got a choice, son. Like real, just cultural, you haven't got a choice. And I think he was big mates with Kevin Blackwell, the manager of Sheffield United at the time. So, But when I went, I actually loved it. Because Blackbourne were getting like sixteen, seventeen thousand 17,000 in the Premier League. Because they didn't have like a big fan base. Yeah. And then I, I went to fucking Sheffield United. We're playing fucking Powerfield in the Cup. Just 35,000 there bouncing like yeah. mentally. That was a proper, proper fucking big club. So, although I was reluctant, I fucking loved them when I got there. Like.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a bit of a blatant harsh ending though, isn't it? Like I like said, if you're putting two and two together, Like it'd probably look and say that blade.
0: but that that was only the loan. I I fucked it up myself. Like when he actually got rid of me out of the club, that that was my own fault. I I I fucked up the loan. I'm on loan at Sheffield United at this time and I was at that I think we played 20 games that season in the championship and I played 17 or 18 of them and I'd scored against Leicester, a couple of assists. I was doing okay. And uh, we were playing Plymouth away and we're training on the Friday about to drive down. And I'd missed, missed a couple of days in training because of a lower back injury. And Blackwell comes out. He's like, Keith, we're not going to bother with you travelling down to Plymouth. It's a long way. Don't want you sitting on a coach. We have a game on Tuesday at home. You're in for that. So I say, Yeah, no problem. I understand. Don't want me on the coach. No problem. So the your assistant manager, Sam Ellis, shouts, Everybody who's not playing on the line. So he's like, not talking about me. Like I've played most of the games this season. He's like, I am talking about you. So now, over you. Come. I was like, Nah, not happening. Like, just a bit of a diva but I was like if my back is sore and you don't want me to You're sit on a couch. You're not fit bus, enough to sit on a couch. This is what I was saying but he was like right, on the line I just kept saying no. He said listen if you don't want to do it get your bag get your boots and fuck off but thinking back it was probably a throwaway comment you know just a bit of a threat yeah. but I went and got my boots and fucked off like and went back to Blackburn and he turned up the next day Allardyce walked in he hadn't <clears> a fucking clue like what happened I had to relay the whole thing to him and yeah, so... So that went down well, did it? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Like I said, he was he was good, welds with black, good mates with Blackwell, so they were sort of fucking having a little bitch about me. And then I had no license on... It was Boxing Day over there, and we were training at Ewood Park. Um, bear in mind, he's already pissed off because of what I've done with, with Sheffields know, I. I crashed my car. Police come uh, impound the car and blah 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 I get a taxi to train and... By the time I get there, the police have already fucking spoke to Allardyce. Keith's been in a car accident and blah 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 So I get there a little bit late. The lads are on the pitch training. I've had to walk around them and come into the, the changing room, start getting ready for training. Doctor Batty walks in, he's like, Keith, you've been sacked. The gaffer doesn't want to talk. To you just get your stuff and fuck off. So I played, like, what were you talking about? He's like, the police have been on the phone, so there's, there's no point. Like. So I, I didn't even speak to Allardyce. So I just left. I went home to Dublin. Uh, yeah, like I say, Boxing Day. And the end of January, Preston rang and asked if, we, if I want to come to them. But they, like Blackburn tried to sack me, but my agent rang me a couple of weeks in as I was over here and said, like, they can't sack you. We've been through your, your contract. contract, they can't yeah. sack you. So, Aladou said, just stay in Dublin and they'll pay you. He doesn't want you back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I was going to say, yeah. it's a bit bleeding harsh to be able to just sack
1: you.
2: Like, yeah. Regardless. Like,
0: what, you're about 20? 20, about 20 at that time, yeah. Yeah. So, but like you say, I think it was a, a lot of things, the, the Sheffield United oh, thing and mm. probably saying, like, what's he fucking talking about with Martin like about the long trial?
1: Did trough. you think you had a bit of an ego, Keith? Like, do you think, like, I'm better than all these here, especially at Sheffield United, and you're like, I'm probably too good to be playing for you. Mm. So the cheeky you to tell me to get me boots and fuck off.
0: Uh, no, it, it wasn't an ego thing because there was, like, Gary Speed was part of that Sheffield United team, so there was some proper players in it. Like, mm. I, I didn't look down my nose at them because I played my first game in the championship against Middlesbrough Fodham. And I remember thinking, this is a fucking decent standard. There's some decent players here, and like, there's very little respect in that league. Like, you, you know, Ronaldo gets the ball, people drop three or four yards off him. Yeah. Don't get that in the championship. They just fucking go, like, bang, bang, bang. And yeah, no, I, I a lot of respect, but like, when you're having a chat with the manager and he's saying, like, you're not traveling because you are back, and you know, bloody black, great. And then the other fellow shouting, come over here and run. You're thinking well, he's saying one thing, you're saying another. And like, you're always like, there's always players in your ear saying you need to stand up for yourself, you need to be a bit stronger. So. I probably chose the wrong time to do what you should have done yeah. the running and then went to him after and said, Sam, what the fuck am I running for? Like yeah. yeah. So I think it probably was. Like football, I did develop into a very big ego and it was sort of a probably a shield like you have, have a bit of an ego because there's so much noise around you at the time, you develop this thick skin and a bit of a personality that's not even really me. It was yeah. Just something that beca- like I became and when when you're drinking so much, <clears throat> people start to expect it of you. And you sort to just roll into this character, and you're thinking, How the fuck have I got here? But this is what I am and who I am now. And it was just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Preston gave you the call then in January, did you say? Yeah, the end of January. Darren Ferguson, like you said, bleeding. Uh, Alex Ferguson's son, Darren, rang me. So, like, do you want to come over? I, I understand your your situation at Blackburn and blah, blah, blah. So I, I flew over, uh, done the medical, failed the fucking medical. Um, and me back, I, I had to. I, I bent over in front of the, the physio, and he like me back. Apparently, he was fucking lopsided. He was like, "Oh Jesus!" So we had to go from Preston to Manchester to get an MRI scan. Uh, <laughs> as we're actually as we're on the way from Preston to Manchester, you remember two guys? Yeah. Sent them to Failivera, Blackburn. Me and this physio, I've, I've only just met like an hour ago to do this fucking medical. Are sitting in the car on the way to Manchester. Two guys flying down the motorway in a bleeding Range Rover. Looks and like lowers down his window. He's like Keith. Tugs, what's up where are you going I said I'm, I'm on the way to do a medical oh brilliant man who, who are you going to Preston oh they're shy <laughs> <laughs> I'm left like in the car for the next 45 minutes with this physio like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah but no I felt the medical on me, on, me, uh, on me back and I remember getting we went to Manchester done the MRI scan travelled back to Preston I'm in the stadium with, uh, with my agent and the, the deadline was at 5 o'clock it's like got half or 20 to five. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to end up back in Dublin on the piss here. Like. And Fergie walks through the door. He said, listen, you failed your medical. Uh, the contract that we were offering you it was like a four-year deal on decent whack. And he's like, that's off the table. Uh, we have give you a two-and-a-half-year deal on fucking shit money. And I, I was like, well, I'm not taking it. He said, well, if you don't want to take it, fuck off back to Dublin. And I took it. Yeah. Like, what What could I do? Like, so... But everything he said was right. He said, like, you've been at Blackburn six years. You've played less than 20 competitive games in the Premiership. How can we throw all this money into you when you haven't proven you can do it? So he made a valid point. Yeah, so I was was on the back foot, but I just had to sort of take it. You were talking about
2: thinking about having a gag. So you start to drink heavily then at this stage as well.
0: Yeah, by the time I went to Preston, I I was fucking big time on it. But it was was weird because me, me drinking... As I saw it, my Preston was fucking out of control. But I started scoring goals, and I started playing well, and started I got into the Irish team. And while me drinking was doing that, me football was doing exactly the same. So it was really masked how much I was drinking because, like I say, I was scoring goals and doing okay. So yeah, it was it was really getting a hold of me. But like I say, nobody could tell. Do you because, think it helped to cope? Yeah, like like I said, I was running from a lot of fucking things with with feelings and emotions and stuff. I I buried even the homesickness, like. I just, win was a draw like, I knew I was going for a point and I was even strategical in where where I'd buy me houses or I'd rent a house I, I rented a house in a place called Lytham, which was lovely and quiet but it was only 20 minutes away from Blackpool and there's fucking all night casinos and Blackpool and all that so although I was on the face of it my manager's thinking "Oh, he's at the getting a house just in a nice quiet yeah I'm thinking 20 minutes and I'm in fucking Blackpool here so it was just fucking my head I just wasn't wired up right in the start but it just one thing after another after another just made me a little bit worse and worse.
1: Yeah, so would you say you're probably a, a function and alcoholic at this stage? And, you know, you heard of people who were able to grow up and go to do a job nine to five Monday to Friday, but they're an alcoholic. You're out there leading, playing professional football.
0: Yeah, well, like I I only said to... Like I said, I was at a wedding on Thursday and my mates was having a chat with my mates. And I remember like being... I, I was 17 with one of the Scottish lads and I'm walking from my house down to the Blackburn training ground, two and a half minute walk. And we brought six cans of fosters with us at half eight in the morning. And we left them in the bush for the way back up to the gaff lake. And like I should have been thinking, like, I'm seventeen, I'm in a decent place, I can kick on here, but all I was thinking, like, how can I cheat the rules? How can I get mm. pissed and like I want to do it, but I want to do it my way. It was it was just fucking just not wired up properly at all. Like. So
1: this was at pressing. Uh, you signed the contract. That's in January. What's the rest of that season like then?
0: Yeah, uh, well, we're writing the shit. We're uh, like we're we're doing okay. When I first signed, we're doing okay, and I'm I sort of in and out the team, dropping in and out, because Ross Wallace was there, a, a decent left winger. So I'm sort of in and out when he's coming off. But I scored a goal to keep us in the league. Uh, this is league one, is it? No, just the championship Champions. at the time. But we're, we're in danger of being relegated to League One. Uh, we played Skuntop at home, and Sean St Ledger actually gave a fucking horrible back pass, and we 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 were in the shit, and I, sc- I scored a goal and the 94th minute or something and we were mathematically safe after that. But I needed I, I had a double hernia uh all throughout the back end. The, the six months of the that season from January till uh, the end of the season, I, I had a double hernia. So I needed an operation on it. And Fergie was obviously like we're in the relegations. We can't like let you go and have surgery. We'll just give you painkillers. So I stopped training. Uh I every like Saturday Tuesday, like the championship is Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. I'd just be getting injections into my arse, into my hip. And like got to the point like where the physio would be coming in and pulling down my trousers and going, oh, your left cheek has too many holes and it. We'd we'll have to go to the right cheek. And like I say, again, nobody really gave a fuck about the human being. It was only what can we do to get him out on the pitch. Mm. And now listen, my, my drinking was fucking out of control. So I wasn't helping myself at the time either. But there was certain things that the clubs did that they... Really had like, We are uh, so young there as well, Keith,
2: that mm. it'd be nice for someone to throw an arm around the shoulder and go, look, don't get that surgery, stop bleeding, drinking, here. I, I, yeah. is everything all well, right
0: here? Even after, like I say, when I scored that goal against Gunthorpe, Darren Ferguson had me playing under the pretense that as soon as we're mathematically safe, you yeah, don't yeah, get a surgery. Yeah. So I scored that goal, went in to see him, like went out Saturday, Sunday, Monday, went in to see him. And he's like, no, nah, no surgery for you like till the end of the season. I was like, but gaffer, like I'm, I'm literally fucking waste uh, from the waist down. I'm, I'm numb every single game. Like, I I shit me, shit myself on a night out once. I, after that goal, I, I scored. Uh, I scored against Gunthorpe. and me, me and Ledge, me and Sean, St. Ledge, I went out that night, and I'm fucking knocking back like Vodkas and Red Bulls, you know, Skittle bombs, the whole fucking shebang. But Ledge is introducing boards to me, like come on over, Keith, like bloody, big stew place. Girls are coming over. Oh, how are you doing? This is Keith. So I'm. Oh, how are you doing? Like little hug and that not having a bar to me like all night like and you know the Irish accent in England usually are yeah. alright like not having a bar to me like not fucking nothing and I went in so I need a piss went in sat down in the toilet like just being lazy put me trousers down It's a big fucking shit in the middle of my trousers like so these boards are coming over introducing themselves to me and like a little hug the waft of shit is hitting them straight in the face up me back like fucking shat myself couldn't even feel it like Mental, but yeah, it went on till the end of the season. Like, and you're told, and told, no, we just need it's the points, it's the points. Then, once we get the points, oh no, well, if, you, if every position we finish is like 500 grand, so then it becomes about the money again. And mm-hmm. like I say, it doesn't matter how much pain I'm in, yeah, I want that's what I was say,
1: there's so much money involved in football. Then, like, you're literally you're nothing to them, it's all about where they can actually get how much money they can bring into the club. Like, mm-hmm. you're literally just a number, really, aren't just you? Cogging kind it, cannon fodder,
0: that's all, yeah, yeah just kind of fodder, but. Like I said, I'd love to be a bit like to know what I know now going into football because I'd have been stronger even like at Blackburn when I'd be picked for Ireland's 19s and 21s because I I was doing well at Blackburn and coming through the ranks. I'd have managers in the year saying, "Don't go with Ireland, like don't go." And I'd be like, "But I want to play for mm-hmm. Ireland." That's growing up. I've always wanted to play for Ireland, but they try and put a damper on it. They really do. They try and suppress it, and I I ended up with six Ireland caps. I probably travelled to. Uh, like into the, I probably got picked into about twenty squads, but I only was available to play six times, and half of them would I would have been able to play. It's just Blackburn saying, "Oh no, your hamstring, oh, you're your growing," or even Preston, because I was uh, important to Preston at the time because of the fucking the relegation battle. But I was never strong enough. But at twenty years old, and you've Darren Ferguson or Sam Allardyce telling you these things. Yeah, yeah, listen. Want to be a big boy yeah. to say like, "No, actually, I'm I'm doing this." Mm-hmm. It's it was tough, but yeah you live and learn don't you as you get through
2: these things yeah it's a mad one it's it's, it's mad you were talking about the, your progression with the drinking was going up but your performances was going up you'll probably look back now and say uh, like it was nearly balancing out but if you if the drink wasn't going up so much where could you have went
0: to yeah but that's I I, always, I do think about that sometimes like where, where could I have got to but it fucks your head up like I've, I I went had a couple of years of therapy after after all the drinking and all that shooting. I'm in a place now where I'm happy in my own skin and I, yeah. I don't try and think about what mm. if what if it's more of I try and flip around its head because it, it's a negative thought now I try and turn positive yeah. Well, I did play for Ireland yeah. I should have had 50 caps but I got 6 so fuck it like. yeah,
1: a lot of people don't get 6
0: yeah I know you can't be too hard on yourself in this life so although I was dealing with some issues I should have done more could have done more I didn't but I did what I could
1: so, see that there, right? That way you, you, you shit yourself there. Mm. Like, is that not a turning point for you where you're like, I didn't even fucking know about the crap in my bags so here. Like, I can't feel that, and this is wrong.
0: Again, like, when you're a fucking alcoholic, like, you, you lie to yourself. So, I I'm telling myself, I only did that because of the injections. That was nothing to do with having too much to drink or drinking at the wrong times. So I've only done that because the club were abusing me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was always somebody else's fault, or I'm doing this because of that, or that's happening because of this, or I was getting married, so I'll have a few points. It was always something. It was always someone to blame. It was never myself, and... Yeah, it wasn't till the fucking... I'm only, what, 21 now in this scenario. Maybe, what did I finish? 28. I finished drinking, so like it took me a long long time to figure out like what the fuck was wrong with me and address what was going on was it just drinking or was it that- I was drinking gambling but like I did have a gambling addiction but it was it was all relative so like I was spending thousands but like I still had dinner on the table you know what I mean yeah. I, I still had money to do whatever I wanted so although I wasn't I was losing an awful lot of money I was not losing me bollocks so yeah it
1: was a problem going, because yeah, you weren't going I had out money like, there, yeah. so
0: yeah, there was even, like, the porn addiction as well. It was a big porn addiction. Like, I, I couldn't get on the laptop without whipping out a fucking, like, a porn page and just, like, not even necessarily wanting to do that. Just having a little surf around, like, and just madly, like, just mad, mad fucking shit that I was in a fucking, a mold of, like, I, I, I treated women in a certain way. I had very little respect for women at the time. and Like, you have kids and you grow up and you have a wife now. It's, you you just mature and you had, like... An awful lot of therapy to get get all these issues out and mm-hmm. work them out, and why I was doing what I was doing. Once you figure out why, I think you're you're starting to address the issue. And a couple of years later, I'm a lot better.
1: And you've obviously found out why, then
0: have you? Yeah, well it's it's it, it, it's a family thing, <coughs> and I I'd have no problem bringing it up myself, but there's a lot of people that would hear this, and it would probably wouldn't be nice to hear on their ears. So although i have made peace and I've moved on, there's a lot of people out there that probably haven't. So
1: yeah, you know, I, I
0: can't really mention it. Yeah, well
1: at least you now like you're not still fucking. Running from a demon leech it but that now. T-
0: to address yourself, though. But that like I have to say, you know, my wife was brilliant. Had I, had I, had I not met my me wife, I'd have still been I'd probably be dead, to be honest with you, because I had a, a couple of near scares in England with the drink and my wife just stuck through me and stuck through me. And she eventually forced which now I, I say she forced. She always wanted me to get therapy, always wanted me to speak to somebody, but I was I always had this this notion of what people who get therapy like, that. Oh, there's something wrong with yeah. them, or that that stigma that yeah. people have in their head. I had that. And eventually I remember just having a bat in the gaff and my mind just snapping. Like I, I was in the bat, but my mind was racing. I couldn't I just couldn't relax. I couldn't switch off. I, I wanted to go to the pub. I, I wanted to do anything I could. I felt like I was missing out. Being being with my family, I felt like I was missing out and being in the pub and doing whatever else I could do that night. So I just my mind just fucking snapped and I, I my wife came in and I was crying in the bat. And I said to her, like, I'm ready, I'll get help. And I spoke to a therapist for about four years and walked through some issues and now I I feel like I'm in a decent enough place that I can, I can move on without, but it's, it's good to just have a, have a number in my phone, you know, for any sort of hiccups that come along the way because like I, I, although I I haven't had it, it'll be five years in November that I haven't had a drink. I wake up in the morning. I'm still a fucking alcoholic, you know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be cured any day. So every day is a fight, every day is a battle and just have to wake up and. I know why I'm doing it because I wake up every morning with the kids jumping on me, like do you know what I mean. And if I'm in a pub or I'm fucking off a weekend, on I, don't benders, I don't get that. So, yeah. it's, but I just need to keep myself in a in a in a, a mental state that I I make good decisions and not, yeah. not blur them, you know. so We literally only got to
1: the start of your career, really. So, 21, Preston, you finished your first half season with them. Yeah, going to the summer then. Did you get the operation in the end.
0: I got the operation. Yeah, I I went and got the operation. Um, I think what did I do? Yeah, I, I got the operation, and there was big things uh, expected of me for the for Preston that year because I was at the score and uh, the important goal. I, I had the year at Preston. We ended up getting relegated, but I scored. I think I scored nine goals in forty-one games or something, and I had seven assists. So I, I done okay for a, a relegated team. Like, and mm. I was in and out with the got a couple of caps for the Irish team as well. So although. Preston had, had been relegated. I oh, was still sort of on an up and the and the drinking was still like good. every time I played for Ireland, do you want to see the drinking school? Like, and people are like, on oh, that trap of Tony, really? It's like, yeah, it was so fucking heavy, it was unbelievable. Like, and that's you know, Max. I heard he,
1: like, took all the supposedly all the crack out of the Ireland camps. He was like, I'm in bed at this time. Now, like, didn't Andy Reid get fucked out of the squad? For yeah, supposed to I think that was
0: more people said because like, oh, he was playing the fucking guitar. I think. Like, Trappatoni didn't even like Wes Hulham, and everybody knows how good of a player Wes yeah. was. Mm-hmm. I think it was just that Trapp was Italian, and he, he was set in a way that he played, and he didn't really like people in the hole, or, you know, people that float a bit like Andy Reid or Wes Hillen. So I don't think it was that personal in terms of playing the guitar. I think that was just one of them fucking rumours that got out. Yeah. It was, like, I've been in it, and I know for a fact that there was a very decent drinking skill. Like, Was everyone at a, in the yeah. squad, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, do you remember that Carol Cup of Nations in the Aviva when we, we played Scotland, Wales and yeah, Ireland? Yeah. I, I was in the squads for that and uh, we played Scotland and we won. So we had won the Carlin Cup of Nations and we, we went up to the, the players' lounge after and were sitting there drinking and I won't name the lads but the senior lads of the team turned around and they were like, listen, I have X amount of caps for Ireland. I've never won a thing. I'm going out tonight. So once the big hitters like okay it, everybody was on it like and this, this is We played that Carlin Cup of Nations against Scotland say on the Saturday went out Saturday night went out Sunday travelled to Belgium on the Monday to play against Italy played Italy on the Tuesday like still Trapattoni had to call off a training session on the Monday because we were still pissed and we beat the Italians 2-0 on the Tuesday <laughs> That's mental But this is what I mean like imagine like somebody saying to me Keith like you're out to be pissed five days this week Fuck that mm. money! Getting a cap against Italy, like Cielini yeah. nearly broke me back. I thought it was the best thing in the world. I was like money had to play against Cielini,
1: yeah. got a
0: cap. But really, me drinking is just still going like that. So it was very, very easy to lie to myself the whole time. through like, is not it yeah? This,
1: mm. like what you were saying at the start with the skill thing. Like you can't get in mm. trouble because you're playing football. Yeah. Exactly, so, like, yeah, you can't be an alcoholic. You're not to be playing against Cielini, do
0: you So many people say you can't be an alcoholic. And it's like I'm just a very high-functioning alcoholic. That's all I am. Like mm. although I'm, I'm not getting up at six in the morning, and down a bottle of whiskey. I thought that that was the definition of an alcoholic. It was an alcohol dependency. And I definitely had an alcohol dependency. So it was even like that stuff of lying to myself in my head. No, an alcoholic, somebody who drinks whiskey 24-7 and needs to drink. Like yeah. I thought I was just it's so that deception yeah, That's alcoholic. what I mean. It's, but that, that was me lying to myself, mm. trying to say, well, I'm not in that category, even though I was in the alcoholic category. I just wasn't in that fucking position. Wasn't in that
1: picture. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So it's a lot of lying to yourself at the time, you know. What was your debut like for Ireland? Uh, it was good. I don't really remember it to be honest. Like, there's little, uh, it's, it's fucking horrible. Like, even uh, my wife will say to me, No, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember we did that? And I have little fucking patches because you have to remember, like, for about six or seven years in my career, I was drinking the fucking blackout every day. Like, so yeah. there's certain things I just don't remember. And the one, <clears throat> the one thing I remember about playing uh, in my debut was against Argentina. Messi played. I think Di Maria scored and I think he was offside because. I was on the bench and everybody was going fucking mad. So I think he was offside. So I I don't remember like much about coming on. I remember going down to Sally's, uh, meeting me granddad and taking me my jersey on my bag and giving it to him. And that that's literally the memory I have of of me debut. Like mm. it was like I I I should have embraced it more. I should have loved it looked around the Aviva and thought what to I was doing. Back now, that oh, say, oh, I should have done this. I should
2: have yeah. done that, but. That's bleeding. This one makes you who you are now. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like you yeah. have to go down that and road or that journey to be able to sit
1: here now and help people that yeah. are struggling with mm. the same sort of things that you are now. You know what I mean? And see when you were going to, like, so if you got called up to Ireland, were you looking at that as, like, lovely, I'm getting off the lead half for the world because they were more strict in England when, in terms of drinking? Or what way did you look at that? Like, were you not shocked when the training got called off for the Italy match? Like, you're playing Italy and you're not training. Mm. You're not, were you like lovely or were you like oh
0: I wasn't shocked because I've had like I had managers like you have to remember when I, when I signed for Blackburn there was a tail end of the drinking was still going on Like
1: it, I was going to say that as well because like it's not as if drinking culture was big when you were
0: I was when I when I first came in really, yeah, yeah. Blackburn was big like you, the likes of Arsenal United maybe not even Liverpool back then but Blackburn had a very Decent drinking skill. I remember being uh, in the physio, in the physio room with Gary Flickroft, Dominic Matteo, and, and one of the other senior lads and they were all drunk and I, I was in doing my me, doing me prehab work and they they sat me down and they said to me, don't ever miss a night out because before you know it, your career will be gone. And they, were they didn't mean that fucking literally, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. took it fucking literally. Mm-hmm. Like, every night out, I was fucking there. Mm-hmm. Go-kart and team bonding, I was fucking there. Like, and, I had a good time as well so like, nobody put a gun to the head and, and made me do mm, it it was all imagine. self-inflicted but like I say there was little times in my career that alarm bells should have been going off when, when they just weren't like yeah, yeah they
1: called
0: off a whole training session for an
1: international match so just, yeah, like I, I
0: remember night. we went down for dinner like we actually stayed we stayed in the hotel with the Italians which doesn't usually happen here in several yeah. hotels and I remember getting off, off the bus and thinking like jeez I might get sick here like I was that fucking bad still and all the Italians are standing in reception like with their suits on, little bags, like look fucking great. And you're thinking like, well, Jesus Christ, like, we need to play against these tomorrow. Went out by dinner, Trap home, He was like, no, 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 no. So no training, sees in the morning. Went out Tuesday morning, little like boxes, little touches around, nothing too major. And then, yeah, went out that night and beat them 2-0. <laughs> fucking mad, isn't it? <laughs> that is mad, yeah. And then back on the sauce, like back on the sauce
1: then. I'm back on it then. That's an excuse to go back on it. Yeah,
0: italy fucking 2-0 to go back on the sauce. (laughs)
1: That's a vicious cycle, that though. I know. It's It's vicious.
2: So then, so Preston then. You get relegated with Preston. Yeah. uh, What happens
0: then? Got relegated with Preston. Um I remember Phil Brown, (coughs) Darren Ferguson got sacked halfway through, just after Christmas. Uh Phil Brown came in and got the job. And Phil, Phil Brown was grand. Uh, towards the end with Fergie in the middle, uh, sorry, towards the end, I'd fell out of the team. Like, he, he, I, I got caught in a night out or something. And he was like, fuck you, you're not coming back in. And the team was actually suffering from it. Like, uh, you could see from the outside, I oh, was the top scorer. I hadn't played in two months and I was still the top scorer. Yeah. And he, he got sacked anyway and Phil Brown came in and he, he played his first game, didn't didn't put me in the squad. And then he'd done an article saying... Uh, something like oh, we're playing well we just haven't got that finishing touch in the team and we'll get it so I remember going in the Monday morning and I was still in the reserves You would had to put me back in the reserves I brought the paper in I was like there's yeah. a finishing touch yeah I said I'm still like, I haven't played in two months and I'm still your top goal scorer yeah. and he gobbled her up he was like I fucking love it I love it you're starting yeah. started against Watford on the Saturday played well and that was it back in the team but he he then said to me like, I couldn't give a fuck what you were throwing up like during the week as long as you're ready for a Saturday so, like, the alarm
1: bells are there and, like, these people can't clearly see that but everyone's just choosing to be ignorant about it.
0: Yeah, well, like, the manager of the club, like, do you really have to care about the human being? Like, you're only mm. cared about the player, don't you? Like, given the results, yeah. You know what I mean? If you were saying to me, oh, I don't feel great but I need you to play, mm. I'm just going to manipulate your thoughts until you're on the fucking pitch, you know what I mean? I couldn't really give a fuck about you as a, as a person. Most managers wouldn't. They just, if you can play, you
1: can play. Did anyone ever say anything, like, are you all right or... Don't go out tonight, all not like now. I don't mean say don't go out tonight, need you fresh or tomorrow, but like maybe for you, you shouldn't actually go out tonight. You know what I mean, staying in might not be a bad idea. Uh, like,
0: again, like you say, hindsight's great, but at the time, uh, Sean Dice was very good at me. He he actually cared about me. He, when he came in, I went I, when I went to Bourne, Eddie Howe was there, and me and him didn't see eye to eye. We get into bleeding that uh, in a while, but Sean Dice was brilliant. He, uh, he used to bring me on jogs, like when he first came in, I was overweight because. I was back in the reserves at Burnley at the time. I was overweight. I was drinking. I had a six grand fine waiting on me. Uh, it was like over 50 grand fucking fine. And Dyche came in. He was like, "That's that was the last manager. I'm squashing that. Come out of the reserves, back into the force team. Lose that belly and he'll be back in my force team. I was like, brilliant. Mm. And you know when you're thinking, he's just going to fuck me in the gym, leave me offside and like whatever. But the next day we trained. He comes over to me. Come on, Keith, we're going on the jog. And like, every day for three, four months we'd go jogging through Burnley City Centre and the cars would be beeping at him and all the big ginger fucking head and we mm. like, miss him like
1: mm.
0: but he was brilliant like we'd start chatting about stuff you know stuff at home and he would always say like Keith I care about you I, I like you as a person I, I want you to be better than what you are and he was brilliant He did, he never very rarely mentioned football to me like which was so surprising from such an intense man mm-hmm. but I think he knew Keith has that side of it I need to figure this side out of it with him and he did try and he, yeah he, I would say he's the only one other managers tried to force me to get help but he was the only one who sort of was good with it mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's unreal. like fair ball awesome. did you ever open up to him when he was right out on I route? did
0: loads of times like we, me and Dice fell out a few times and I opened up to him a few times but I remember I, I opened up and <clears throat> like you, you get slapped on the wrist a couple of times in football and you, you don't want to open up again and I, I, I opened up all the time to him and, but you, you wouldn't tell him the extent of it. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. I was out on Saturday. I had too much to drink. And oh, yeah, okay. Well, as long as it's only once. But really, you're out Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, and you just you feed him what he already knows. And you don't tell him too much because you're trying to protect yourself. You're still trying to get into the fucking team. But mm. yeah, like I still keep in contact with him now. Like I said, I don't don't have a phone. He has me, misses his phone number. Sends yeah. a little text every now and then asking how I am. And I sent him a text when he got sacked and, He's just a, hes probably the only decent human being. Like, there's not a lot—an awful lot of decent human beings in football. And I don't mean that in the League of Ireland because <clears throat> it's not stressful in the League of Ireland. Mm. Over across the water, it's fucking mental. Like, there's people are so two-faced about it. It's like—I—I I was a professional footballer for 14 years, and I barely speak to anybody. I don't think I have any friends from my time in football. Like, That's mad. A lot of a lot of all
2: lads that go across struggle. What, what do you think that is over there?
0: I think just the isolation. Like, I, I went from Dublin City Centre to Blackburn. And like I said, it was like Emmerdale Farm. I went from hearing traffic lights to hearing cows it's, it's It was just, it fucked with me head. And mm. But like I said, that, that isolation probably would have been good for me had I been mentally sound. Yeah. Yeah. But because I wasn't mentally sound and I was being left alone. Like, I, I, A normal day at Blackburn was in the building for 10. You'd be back out by 12. Yeah.
2: You know
0: what I mean? And on two and a half grand a week, your own gaff. Fucking Tinder and Twitter starting to pop up. It just starts fucking danger, I don't know, like, but then I'm thinking, like, because I'm a bit shy, I need a few fucking gargles in me before I start acting the bollocks. So now to socialise, and I need to be drunk to socialise. So it, it just all became into this. thing. the cum, like everything. Ball, then then yeah. you're probably gambling them while you're being exactly, drunk, yeah. and the whole lot. So
2: everything comes at one. You, was it a porn addiction or a sex addiction? Both. 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 Yeah.
1: Mm. Like, cause you, I remember you were saying it to me. I right. I actually had this conversation with the lads when I was out the weekend because I told them that you were coming on. Well, this was what firstly like, caught my attention with you, Keith, because like, you're not the first person on this podcast who's had a gambling addiction or an alcoholic addiction, but a sex addiction, right? Because that's something that I'm like, where, how do you put your hand up and say, I'm addicted to sex? Like, where do you draw the line there? What's the difference to you being addicted to that and you just being one of the boys? Because one of the boys rang me and says I'm at the with a girl Saturday, Sunday, Monday
0: I'd say fair play to you.
1: I wouldn't say you have yeah. a problem.
0: <laughs> See it's, it's hard to give you a definitive answer but not, I don't want to be disrespectful to women but if I was to line up the women that I had slept with over my life you'd, some of them you'd look and go what the fucking hell. Mm. You'd be like that's a sex addiction. It wasn't just because I'm horny or just because X, Y or Z it was a need. I had to have sex that night. I, I, needed, to, I needed somebody. And, like, there's all sorts of things, like, trying... Because I was in England, you know, you're trying to get a mother figure so you go for all the women and stuff, like... It's all the stuff you figure out when you're in fucking therapy, like, yeah, they tell you this stuff, but... Yeah, you're, you're just trying to fucking fill a void that's there, and I think I filled mine with sex, and if I'm out in these... Like, I wouldn't... When I was a footballer, I wouldn't go to swanky nightclubs and all that. I'd be in the bars, like, local around fucking Blackburn or Preston, Manchester, wherever, picking people up there because... I didn't want to be on that scene. I didn't want people because mm. I was getting drunk. I was going out to get drunk, pick somebody up, and do whatever I wanted to do, and move on to the next. So it was more a need than a want. Is probably the best yeah. way I could put it. It's like, yeah. if, like I, I never, I never did any cocaine. I never had any drug problems. But I would stay up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm having a few gags, and I'm trying to. And the girl I'm, I'm with has fucked off. I'm fucking hanging around all, all night, like till I get somebody. I'm not just going home.
1: Do you think
0: it was the fear of just being on your own? Yeah, a, bit, a lot of it was that because, like I say, when I was alone, the thoughts started and, and I I couldn't. <clears throat> the only way I found to be able to numb that was to get pissed and then like other like I start singing a song in my head or something. So, but there was always a constant noise in my head, even when I'm in a fucking empty room. There'd be an em- a, a noise in my head saying something or, you know, I just needed to find a way to get inside myself and turn the fucking thing off, like and. I had to get to the root of what was wrong with me to be able to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because the, that's
2: something that we've talked about. It's like, when do you draw the line and go, I'm actually addicted to sex here? Yeah.
1: It's
2: like, because there's, there, you said there's no definitive answer, which I don't think there ever, don't think anybody could sit down and say, this is where this you're enjoying much, yourself, yeah. and now you're addicted. There yeah. is no Because I feel like everything, I don't really, I feel like it, Everything that fellas do is nearly to attract a woman.
1: A hundred percent, there is like mm-hmm. if we you get at Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. There's no reason for him to be that rich and do the things he does. But he's at the going through a divorce now. He has a new missus. He's trying to impress her. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's way mm-hmm. I, I think.
2: I think so. I think like even even subconsciously though, I think even getting that hair comb, buying them clothes, you're like thinking in the back of your head, oh, just, do I look fresh and like going. I think we just think about women twenty four seven. But that's Like the, even that's when a you're out with the thing. boys, yeah, like yeah. like in a non disrespectful way, like it's hard to even go for a coffee with the boys and the boardwalks passing. Jesus Christ, like you yeah. know the type of oh, way. I, I feel betcha, like yeah.
0: women are on our minds twenty four seven. Yeah, I get. I, women are definitely on my fucking mind twenty four seven. I mean, like it's not being clever. I, I don't want to come across as boasting, but the certain stories at Preston, like. Where I had four girlfriends sitting in a fucking stand, and you're coming out and you're waving, and fucking three or four are waving back at you. Mm -hmm. It's funny, but you're just thinking, what the fuck are you playing at? Like, who do you think you are? What gave me the right to do that to people? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like you say, it was a bit of ego, bit of like, I am this and I am that, and you know, just being a bit of a young dickhead as well, like all rolled into one. But yeah, I don't. There's not a d- definitive answer on the sex. I think it, for me, it was more of a need to have sex rather than you know, oh she's nice, I want to have sex. Yeah, yeah. you were
2: going
1: home or boy.
0: I was and going home with something. It didn't, it didn't fucking matter what I was. I was having sex with something.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. then yeah, that that's probably where the addiction is there. Yeah, yeah. Because like I think
2: as a single bloke, like when I am out, I had to think I have oh hopefully pull a little board tonight. But it's not like when it comes to the end of the night going, I need a full yeah, the board. Yeah, has been plenty of nights you went home yeah, with your own. I like can yeah, half that's what I mean. home half out two in the, the head
0: morning head. and then the nightclub's kicking you out. Well, I'm not going home if I'm alone. I'm, yeah. I'm finding somewhere dodgy and like somewhere I can kick on and give myself more opportunity to meet another board and yeah. I just hang around like a bad fucking smell till I got what I wanted.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's obviously that's the problem. Yeah, now. yeah. Yo, I mentioned Eddie Howe earlier. What's crack with him?
1: I think if you skip ahead because you were... I think, now, think Eddie
2: Howe was there and then... Sean Duyce came in. Yeah, wasn't? Eddie
0: Howe was me man the force manager at Black, yeah. uh, Burnley. He
1: uh, Well we're not at Phil Brown though. You were have Phil Brown only come in and you gave him the newspaper and you says oh, I'm your finishing touch.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Really, yeah. Yeah, so I, I done that with him and like he was great, got me into the team, I scored a couple of goals, but we ultimately got bleeding, got relegated. But I, I love Preston, I knew I was going to leave, but we went in end of the end of the season, you know, you have a meeting with the gaffer, what's your plans? This is what our plans are. And he, he said to me, uh, like you, you, you can stay if you like, but the club will probably look to offload you because you're an asset now. So I was like, listen, I'm happy to stay, blah, blah. So I told him I'd stay. He said, all right, we'll try and keep you. I went to play for Ireland um, and Trapatown, he pulled me and said, listen, if you want to keep playing for Ireland, you need to be better, playing better level than the pub team. That's mm. what he said, <laughs> pub he said. team. But pressing. and you look at the Irish team now, it's fucking gas, isn't it? Yeah. You need to play at a better level than that pub team oh yeah so he's like i I'd done that then Burnley came in agent rang me said listen Burnley have I think paid a million they're offering a million quid for you and Preston were like yeah like we're taking it so I refused I forced he said no Preston have accepted it so I went in and I asked for like decent wages thinking they would tell me to fuck off and I can go back to Preston but it got accepted and I, I, the, the alarm bell should have been ringing when when I signed for Burnley because my agent rang me said listen Eddie hell wants to meet you before you signed the contract. So I was like, all right, yeah. Went to his house in Manchester and me and me agent, Eddie Howe, and Jason Tindall, the the assistant manager, is there. So he, he calls me agent, you want a cup of tea? Yeah, yeah, come on in the kitchen with me. So it's me and Eddie Howe left. Yeah. Eddie Howe's like, yeah, said, how much do you drink a week, son? So I was like, ah, oh, just a fucking couple on a Saturday after a game, but if you game on a Tuesday, I don't touch it, you know. So I, I lied me way out, like, yeah. you know, box clever with it. But the red, like the, Red they should have been going off, the alarms there. I was obviously getting a bit of a reputation within yeah, like, football boy, did he ask as being a drinker. Yeah, yeah. But like even at the time, I remember walking out and saying to me, agent, like, what the fuck was that? Mm. And him saying to me, oh, sorry about that, like, they ambushed you there, he shouldn't be asking questions like that. Almost apologetic to me, where he should have been saying, well, that's your fucking reputation, Keith. Like, yeah. You're the one who got off by yourself. Whereas he protected me and was like, what the fuck is he talking about? But it was, obviously it was a problem, but they still were willing to pay a million pounds for me, even though they probably knew... This fella's a heavy fucking gargler. Like. And some decent wages on top of it as well. Exactly, yeah. But that's, they're willing to make a loss if they think we get a decent fucking six months out of them. Like, yeah. Just mm, fucking crazy. know, I, I think I probably made 70, 80 appearances for only in the three years I was there. So not not a great fucking return, but.
1: It's not too it's bad. Like the
0: worst turn yeah. over, yeah. I've seen even worse.
1: Well, mm. we you looking at about 50 games a season? So
0: you're yeah, yeah, half fucking shit, yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's not too bad, but I think because I, like, you have to remember every club I played for, I went to the rival league. I played for Blackburn, I went to Preston, they're the rivals. Yeah. went from Preston to Burnley, rivals and Blackburn's rivals. Then I went along to Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United. Yeah, two people that hate each other. So everywhere I went, I was built because of where I was at. So I mean, <laughs> I think they called me the Lancashire Hill like, for a while because I just bounced around Lancashire. Like, it was mad.
2: Lancashire, oh. So then, what's your relationship like then with Eddie Howe when, when, when you're going into the team then?
0: It was weird. Like I, I remember I was playing in that Carlin Cup of Nation, so I, I departed for pre-season about a week late. Um and I, I turned up on the Monday and the lads have already done a week. So oh yeah, uh, no like I said, I'd already met Eddie Howe in his gaff, but this was my first day in the training round. I remember walking in, going into the going into the change room and Ross Wallace was at the leaving pressing to go to Burnley. So he sort of oh, I come here, I'll show you the dressing room, this is the kit. This is what Eddie Howe should have done, or at least like, yeah. Howie Keith shook my hand. This is where this is, he's gonna bring you around. There's the captain. Didn't fucking say a word to me. Like. Didn't see him the whole morning. Went out to do a uh, training. And like a couple of the lads are already out, the gaffer standing there. I'm walking towards him. And not even like wait till he gets here, I'll introduce him to the lads and then he can fuck off and do a bit of running because I was a week late. As I'm walking, Keith, you're over there doing the bleed test. Like I was thinking, like he was only, I think he was 33 when he got that job. So yeah, he was he quite young. Right himself on, yeah. like, but he was calling, like, some of the players that were only three or four years younger than, like, son. And he just rubbed a couple of people up the wrong way and then all he was hearing from my agent that Eddie Howe didn't actually want me. It was somebody on the board of Burnley that wanted me so I went above his head and signed me for him. So I was thinking, well, that's never going to happen. Like, he's right, never going to like me, you know yeah, I mean? it Sounds so,
2: like one of them situations where it's not really the manager's call. there yeah, and mm. now he has a bit of a chip in his shoulder.
0: Yeah, well... I think he signed I think three wingers from his, from Bournemouth like he came from Bournemouth and he brought three fucking wingers with him so I was like what fucking chance have I got so he doesn't fancy me and literally I was probably four, four to five months into the deal and he, he I was in I was in Marbella uh, like it was an international window when I didn't get picked for Ireland so I went to Marbella for a few days and he, he texted me while I was over there you're playing for the reserves tomorrow and I was like you wouldn't do that to a 4 team player because you need to, like, obviously a chance to fucking get your, your diet and all that right. But I turned up and I was after being born so fucking badly from the neck down. Somebody crossed the ball and the ball was coming to my chest and I just missed it. I was like, fuck that. And Eddie Hell was like, fucking take him off. So he brought me over, like, set me on the grass. And he's like, just, just give up, son. Just fucking give up. And I was like, yeah, no problem. We have two and a half years left. If you want to pay me two and a half years, I'll live. Yeah. And he's like, that's not happening. I was like, well, what do you want? He said, well, listen, you're in the reserve from now on. And that was it, like. Fucking, but, but mate, we just, like, he, he breathalyzed me for, uh, for a good while, actually. A couple of weeks, he breathalyzed me. I remember, like, I used to be eating in the fucking canteen. I'd be, I'd be tucking into me dinner. I'd look up and I'd see him like that, you know, looking around the corner at me. I'd be like, what the fuck's he doing? And then he pulled me into the office. He said, oh, Keith, I'm at the man looking at you eating. Like, you're not a bad eater. Like, so where's the fucking belly coming from? Like, and I said, like, oh, I don't know. He said, you I you mean, clearly a drinker. I was like, no. He said, well, listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to breathalyze you in the mornings. And I was like, you can't do that. He's, why have you got a problem? Mm. You know, like straight on the back foot again. So I was like, ended up coming out of the room with him saying, I'm breathalyzing you every morning from now on. So for about two or three weeks, I boxed clever. Like I'd only go out drinking when I had a day off the next day. So I'd done that for a few weeks. Then we, we played Millwall. And um, we, we, we got a draw in the last couple of minutes and he was happy he knew I was flying over back to Dublin for my uncle's wedding and the gaffer like looks at me and says enjoy your weekend buddy so I was thinking like a little wink and all never winks at people little yeah. winks so I was thinking that's the, the green life for a few gargles so I went to, went to me my uncle's wedding on a Saturday I went Saturday night got pissed Sunday ended up flying back half six Monday morning straight into training breathalyze breathe into this will you so failed the breathalyzer. Six weeks wages, you're not training, you're back in the reserves. So I was like, but the, the fucking ironic thing was, as I went down, now I, I was, I had a, I had a bit of drink in my system. There was a fella, actually, I won't name him, but he, he went to tie his laces, you know, leaned over to tie his laces and fell over, he was that pissed. But Eddie Hell was like, on me. I was like, half your fucking team is pissed, and you're having a go at me. Mm. But it just, we never, and it even, I remember the, the six-week fine, I rang the PFA and I was like, listen, he's trying to bleed and find me six-week wages. And he said, well, who, who breathalyzed you? I said, that oh, was the physio. He said, by law, it has to be the club doctor that breathalyzes you, or it's null and void. So I had that in my back pocket going into work the next day, thinking, as soon as he says this, I'm going to fire that one out of the chamber. And he said, uh, listen, son, I'm going to let you away with it. I'm going, to let, I'm going to let you away. I'm going to squash you. I want you to do well at this club. Mm. I was like, all right, brilliant. Back over to the reserves. He just sort of knew he couldn't fucking find me for it, so... Yeah, do my... you reckon that that was a, a sign for... Like, some people
2: treat people differently, like... Sean Dice put the arm around the shoulder, brought you out, talked yeah, opened up the whole lot. Do you reckon that was Eddie's sort of way of trying to help you? Or do you reckon he was just being harsh? Uh, because he didn't want you there and it was
0: some, someone went over
2: his head to sign you.
0: I think it was a bit of both. Because he did... He asked me uh, a couple of... Couple of months into into the the contract, he asked me to go down to you know Tony Adams. Yeah, he has yeah. A, a clinic down down south in England somewhere, I believe in London or Plymouth or Southampton somewhere down there. It's called Sport and Chance, so it's for alcoholics, athletes, and all that. Like, so he come to me one day. He was like, "Listen, I've had a ward. It's all cleared for you to go down." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, he he never came to me and asked me if I'd like yeah. to go down. Or yeah. he just came to me and said, "Listen, I've had a ward. We can get you down there." And I was like, "It was it." It was weird because I, I went straight on the defensive because I, I hadn't opened up to him. I hadn't spoke about my drink to him and he'd come to me with this and I suppose I, I was probably a little bit embarrassed by how he approached me and I reacted the way, like a wrong way. I, I totally dismissed it. Like, fuck this. and No, there's nothing wrong with me. You're a prick. And in hindsight, he was trying to help me. But I, yeah, I just, I wasn't in a place where I was open to being helped.
2: Like. Yeah, and that's sort of, uh- the cold shoulder treatment that a harsh treatment sometimes isn't the right way to go about it sometimes look it would have been nice for him to probably sit down with you somewhere and, and genuinely try and get you to open yeah, yeah that's the, what I was going to say the maybe the breathalyzing thing and all is a bit like hold on for a minute I always rank. thought he
0: came from the footballer angle rather yeah. than from the human being yeah, angle. Yeah. and I think Dice was quite clever because had you sorted the human being out the footballers coming with him do you know what I mean yeah. but yeah. trying to sort the footballer out just gave me the thing that you you don't
1: genuinely care about yeah. me. You just give a fuck about me. fuck football. Well, maybe Hell wasn't mature enough. I said he was in yeah. his early 30s and it sounds like he just tried to catch you out all the time. Like, yeah. I'm gonna breathalyzer. I know you're a drinker. Like, right, you know I'm a drinker, but you're not doing nothing to help me about it. Yeah. You're just literally trying to catch me out and get me into trouble here. Rather really? than sit me down and be like, look hell, you know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to beat this breath Like, don't yeah. just say, here there's there's a thing to go to rehab. Sit me down and ask me, do I wanna go? Mm. You know like that. Yeah, it's like you say,
0: I, don't, I don't hold it against him because <clears throat> he was young like yeah. he was trying to like he, because he came from Bournemouth Bournemouth weren't as big as they are now they were a little bit lower than Bournemouth at the time so there was a lot of egos in the club and when he got the job he was young and it it just wasn't a right fit like it was, I think the dressing room the egos in it were maybe a little bit too big and he was trying to he's was bringing this passing game that like in Burnley, if you've ever been to Bleeding Turf more, like yeah, they screamed the head off you like you pass the ball backwards, you're on the verge of being taken off. Like it's forward, 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 everything like so yeah, it was always just a bit of a mishmash with him, but was he the manager
2: when that picture went down the paper? That's yeah. a bleeding oh, that <laughs> bleeding jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah, that fucking picture. But the, even again, like that like that that makes you look like a fucking lunatic, like in, in in the football world. But I was we I was playing for Preston at the time and I, I had the uh, a, a girlfriend and you remember the BlackBerry messengers were big yeah. had everybody's pin like all everybody on the team so we went for dinner that night had a pre-match meal came back to the rooms about nine half ten the lads are going to get the laptops out, know, start fucking looking at porn or doing whatever they're doing so I was thinking oh, I'll fire this message out to all the lads this picture message of me with my legs over my head just knock everybody everybody's wank dead in the water like. <laughs> but it just got into the wrong hands like, just don't know who the fuck. like I said it to about 20 players so it could have been anybody like that I got out of, but this was before like you had to be really careful with that stuff. But yeah, then I like I say I was acting the bollocks with girls and all, and my missus at the time just she had found out what I was cheating on her, so she just went bang. They have that, locked me out on my Twitter and put it as my profile picture. <laughs> oh, and ah. me. Sitting, sitting in the bat in, in in Port Marnock playing for Ireland and bleeding the phones on the side of the bat, Eddie Hell like starts why I right. think, what's this prick want? Hello? take that picture down you bleeding lunatic I was like what are you talking about I went to go in like hung up went to go into my Twitter couldn't sign in I was like oh bollocks and I went from like two and a half thousand followers to five thousand followers in about twenty minutes just because it was a picture of my arsehole hanging out like <laughs> i Tra- made it to the paper did it made do it to it the it. fucking paper No, did it. Tina, didn't he I went down to training the next day and trapped is sitting there with the paper and he came over to me, like, trap was grand. He just said, like, you, you have to do better. You, you <laughs> must do better. <laughs> then, like, we went out and we're training. You know, like, the, the photographers are out there <clears throat> for the first 15 minutes. So they fuck off. And then we're stretching after training. Every single player is in the pose I was in, like, doing training. like yeah. Legs over the head going, go oh, Keith. i like, Jesus Christ, man.
2: it was so harmless, you idea. Yeah, just send it around the boys' you night. Know, yeah, forever. just a bit of yeah. crack
0: in the hotel. Because like, them hotel, like, like, we're in a hotel being probably twice a week for, like, overnight stays. You get a bit bored and... You're just trying to loosen the mood. Like, we're playing Swansea tomorrow, big game. And I was just thinking, oh, just lighten the mood. Like, have a bit of cracking. the next thing you know, you're on the back of, like, the front of the paper with your balls hanging out, so... <laughs> <laughs> living there. That's, that's another reason I don't have any phones. Like, nothing like, fuck that shit. Yeah,
2: because We were only saying earlier on before we started. it's weird that you don't have a phone.
0: I, I find it, like when you're mentally not not great like I am I think it's better like I, I'm just old school like like to sort this out I think there was probably three texts like can you be yeah like, it, was, it was literally I, I hate being on the phone like yeah. I, don't, I, I don't do it I, even like I bring me kids to McDonald's and they sit there and they whip the phones and I'm like put your fucking phone away I, I, I despise it I really do I, I think it takes up so much of your time and You'll get fifty good comments and one bad comment, and you concentrate on the bad one. Mm. So why just steer fucking clear of it at all? I I, I realize the irony you're saying this while I'm on the podcast, like, but yeah, you
2: know, yeah no. But what you're saying is right
0: though. So. I, I, I just think for anybody who's struggling with mental health, I think so much of it these days is down to social media or the negative side of social mm. media. So for me, I just fucking axe it. Just get it out of my life. And I know people are intertwined with their jobs and all these yeah, days. Some so need it. I know it's not that easy. But for me, I don't need it. So I just fucking chopped it simple as that
1: and it takes the temptation because right? there's a lot of stuff you can get on the internet as well like just just the porn there's obviously yeah. the gambling as well so all yeah. that's gone out the window then when you are have a phone like, I just
0: I like being present as well you know I hate when the kids are playing and you have a phone in your hand and like something happens and you say oh It's like I just I hate restaurants and all and you you can't even have a conversation with people because their heads aren't in their phones like yeah. I don't, I'm probably the, too far on one extreme and I'm talking about the people on the other extreme like always on the phones I'm never on the phone so there's a happy medium there somewhere but I'm happy I just haven't fuck all was
2: like "Bet you would." he does Yeah take a phone out in front of anybody older than you and say put that fucking thing away
0: oh fuck Yeah but how many Like go. when you take a phone out how many times are you just actually doing bollocks Yeah, like yeah, scrolling through out, contacts yeah, yeah. Or, or Looking pictures. at the women Yeah like just actually Sit there and do what you like, be more present than what you're doing. Cause like with my mental health, I I found I was always fucking off into the future or the past. I was never actually in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think phones are a lot to do with that. So I prefer to just stay. How long have you you not had a phone for? Uh since I've been sober, nearly six years. Six years in November. So like I still (coughs) excuse me, I still walk off the wife's phone for stuff like this. Yeah, you know, stuff with the cold commentary and stuff, but yeah, I, I love being non con like not being a so now I have contact. that number
1: saved in as Leanne slash Keith Tracy.
0: Yeah, everybody does. Like the amount of people <laughs> that, that ring me does. and like my wife has to come in, and like they think I am some sort of big bollocks like with people asking the phone for me. It's my <laughs> wife's phone. I don't, I don't fucking have it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so mad. Uh we go back in because you're nearly
1: at the end there. Uh, uh just yeah, football and sorry. So Eddie Hell gets the chop anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Sean Deutsch comes in and
0: Yeah, Hell got the chop. Um it was geez. Like I made I made a couple of mistakes. Like I, I remember when he got the chop I came in. We were at the hearing Eddie Hell was leaving. just before I came out on Sky. Um look like at some of the weird shit that happened. The day, a couple of days before that, we were we were playing Sheffield Wednesday before Hell got the sack. And I was after being alone to Sheffield Wednesday, and Sheffield Wednesday tried to buy me and it didn't happen, so I was still at Borney. But I I was at the being caught uh, driving, so I wasn't driving, I was getting a taxi to the ground. And as I'm on the way Drink the ground, driving. No, just driving without oh, yeah, a license, no license. I didn't have a license at yeah, the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. That's a valid question. Like the drink driving, yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. asks me that. no, I never got caught drink driving. But I'm on the way to the game to, to play against Sheffield Wednesday, and I get a phone call saying it's Dean Marney, a player for Burnley, rings me and says Keith, I'm about to get into the stadium. The security have pictures of you being told not to let you into the ground. So I'm like, fuck off. You're winding me up. Like two minutes later, Eddie, the phone rings. Says, Eddie, help! Don't come to the game. You're not welcome. So I'm like, what the fuck, like? so I, 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 I was grand like I told me uh, drive I turn around so I'm going on the piss tonight. so I, I went on the piss anyway and I found out later Eddie Howe didn't want me at the game because he thought I'd be socialising with the Sheffield Wednesday lads in the tunnel and blah 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 but the next day the, the owner at the time Mike Garlick brings me in he said listen uh, the, fu- the fucking first thing he did was get me a match attack card so said oh, will you sign that for my son <laughs> It was like great way to start a meeting so I gave it to him I said like, there you go and he's like how do I get you back in the team I want you in the team. So I was like, Fucking, this has started well. Like so I was opening up, I was like, Yeah, and I actually said to him, I said, We need a new fucking manager. You want me in the team, we need a new manager. I didn't know this, but behind the scenes, Eddie Howe's mother hadn't been well and he was going, he he had walked out, he was going back to Bournemouth. So he knew Eddie Howe was leaving. So he was trying to get me on side. Like yeah. oh, we're gonna shift him out to get you back in, type of thing. But that wasn't the case. Eddie was leaving, anyway. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, like it was just just fucking mad, mad times, but being banned from the blading ground and all. like it's just weird shit, like. But yeah, now Dyche came in, Dice was deadly. He uh, he squashed the thing. Like, he, some of the mad stuff, like, I'm not even sure if I should say some of the stuff that he did, like. Yeah, he, he, he says he didn't eat a worm. He fucking did eat a worm. Like, the first day of training, he just picked a worm up off the grass and it. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck is this fella? Like, he started, he, he bent over, like, uh, Ace Van started, like, speaking out of his arse, doing all that, like, hello. Doing like, this fella's mad, but. He was brilliant. He was all about the players. And, do you, you know, remember, you know, Kieran Trippier? Yeah. Uh, he, he was at Bournemouth while I was there. And he, <coughs> he fucking fires a ball. He just kicks it like down the pitch. But it takes like one of these fucking weird bounces straight out the back of Deich's head. Like, this is like day two of Deich's reign. Like, Deutsch turns around. Like, who fucking kicked that? Everybody's like, fuck this. Like, Tripp puts up his hand, comes over, grabs Tripp. You ever fucking kick a ball at me again, you little cunt, and i will kill you. Throw him away, like, yeah, thinking, oh, fuck. But he, like the next day, <clears throat> he came and he's speaking to the senior when Strips wasn't there. And he said, like, I had to set the tone. I have to let you know that I'm the fucking boss. Yeah. And he was, like, talk, I was in the group he was talking to. But he looked at me. He took, put his arm around me then. He was, like, you know, bloody blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I'm only 20. I think it was 24, 25. I was, like, I'm only 25, Gaffer. He's, like, fucking hell, Keel. I thought you were 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was having a chat with me. Like, he's, like, he looked me up and down, like, and stopped at me belly and went, you're only 24. But yeah no, he well, he was Grant Dice was good like, he was just a good fucking man even like towards the very end <clears throat> I was told there was a contract for me uh, to stay at Burnley. and my agent Ramey said listen they're going to offer you a contract but they don't know whether they're going to get promoted or they're going to stay in the league so they can't offer you wages yet so we're waiting on that so yeah no problem we we went we beat, <clears throat> beat Wigan uh, to get promoted um, the next day I'm actually thinking of uh, I, I actually rang my agent and said will you go in and well, that I, I rang the agent and I said to him uh, will you go in to him uh, and see what like just feel him out see what the story is for next year because my contract's up in a couple of months so Grant like me agent whatever didn't do it but then we played a game the next day and one of the lads had got their agent to go in and feel him out but he bleeding ripped him a new arsehole he's like and you you little cunt you have something to say you fucking knock on the door don't get your agent knocking on the door I was fucking like I had asked me agent to do yeah. it but he just hadn't done it so I, I'd rang him like fuck it, I'll do it myself I, that, yeah. so I knocked on the door like and said it to him and he was just like ah oh. he, he took the contract away not that he took it away but he said like listen the board aren't happy with you the bar think you're a bit of a drinker they're afraid that you're going to come back heavy and it's going to take you too long to get back fit and this is the Premier League now Keith you know we can't do this and I said ah well if the board don't want me I'm fucked am I like, I might as well just leave. And he said, no, well, listen, what I want to do is I want to bring you back on trial in July. So well, this would have been whatever. And he said, come back in July, come back fit, and I'll give you a contract. And fucking Dolby Bollocks here said, like, no, I'm not coming back on trial. I've played for a club for three years. I've played 70 games. Either you, you know what I'm all about. You either like me or you don't. And he said, oh, it's not me, it's the board. I said, "Well, if the bar don't want me, they're not going to want me in fucking July." Yeah. So, you know, all all basically, he had set out the parameters to look after myself in the summer, not the drinking on the head a bit. It's Premier League football, that way. I couldn't yeah. do it, couldn't do it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't admit that to myself. He was a cunt for taking the contract away. The club I show you for not wanting me, I can't believe they don't want me. I will get a decent club. I played thirty eight games in the Championship this season and being promoted. Somebody will take me. Bladen Barnsley he was the only club of fancy that like. and it was just. Like when you look back you think like, why didn't I fight for the Premier League? Why didn't mm-hmm. I have that in me? But the drink had such a fucking hold over hold me that you. I didn't have any fight left in me. Like I, I was thinking more of Saturday night drinking, Sunday drinking all day, Monday drinking. It's better to be in and out of team rather than being a mainstay because I can drink more. Mm-hmm. And me, yeah, it was just fucking weird.
1: Barnsley didn't last so long did it? Who?
0: Barnsley, no. I signed a two-year deal at Barnsley but even that that was a fucking shit show as well. We mm-hmm. played in when I signed there, my agent rang me. The season was starting on the Saturday and this was on the Wednesday. <clears throat> he said, uh, Barnsley want to sign you. So I said, All oh, right, Grand, yeah. He said, Listen, uh, go and meet Danny Wilson in the hotel in Manchester. I met him, had a bit of a chat with him. He blew smoke up my arse for a while. You're the player we need, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the Thursday rolls around. Go to Barnsley and do a medical because they medic- have your medical notes on standby. And if you sign, you'll be okay to play for Saturday for the start of the season. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Went down Thursday. Ended up fucking signing, doing a yo-yo test. Like, no agent, no nothing, just fucking sitting there. And what about this contract Keith? And okay, what about this one? Ended up bleeding, signing. I, no, like, I didn't even want to fucking sign. But they were like, oh, well, if you sign now, you'll you, you you'd be involved on Saturday. And you're thinking, like, Jesus. Like, and I ended up signing. It was a, a rush job, a real rush job. I shouldn't have done it. should have... Been a bit more calculated about things, but yeah, <laughs> even even then the drink was fucking massive, massive every fucking single day. I, I couldn't break in. Like I, I had a bit of weight on me in the preseason coming into Barnsley, and I couldn't lose the weight. And like mm. they were looking at me, going, "You fucking, we're flogging you every day. You're running every day. The weight's not moving. Like what the fuck?" I, like, I knew why. Yeah, so, you're
1: drinking.
0: Yeah, this all the day, but I don't think people pussyfooting around the issue when I Yeah, lot, like but yeah, no, it didn't last long
1: do you think, is it becoming more overwhelming now with your problems catching up on you at this stage? Like the layer you're getting here. You yeah. Like, I'm, I've not got much running left from these problems. Like, could yeah. you feel it all coming to a head?
0: I could feel I could feel it coming to a head mentally and I could feel it coming to a head physically because like I started off as a left winger running past people and crossing the ball with, like high energy direct running and then a couple of years down the line I'm a fucking centre midfielder like I can't move can't mm. track people when you run off me and it was just because of the weight I was carrying. I was seeing the things that was happening. I just physically couldn't get myself where my mind knew I should be. And it was so frustrating. And I think even that probably led me to the drink. The fact that I knew what I needed to do and I knew I could have been doing better. And there was players that I was head and shoulders above at youth level, but they'd caught me up now because mentally and physically I just wasn't at it. And that was annoying me because I was seeing them getting accolades that I thought I should be fucking doing this and it just drove me deeper and deeper into the hole I was in rather than giving me a bit of fire to come out of it mm. but I think one of the biggest things I did wrong was when I I set goals for myself I wanted to play in the Premier League and I wanted to play for my country I, I never put a number on it and I'd done them two things by 21 Yeah. so after that like a, a fire just like in my belly it was gone I, I just thought when well, I'm here to make a few bobbin and that's it now it was like proving a point that I could play football was I was out the window, like. Mm, it's a mad one. As I seen, I seen you told the story before.
2: I don't. Think, I can't remember which club you were at, but when you were in the stadium and you were warming up.
0: Yeah, Preston. Yeah, no. That that was when I, I nearly fucking like that, that. was when the alarm bells were ringing. But again, I just I just brushed it off. We were playing. I was playing for Barnsley, and uh, we were actually playing Preston on Boxing Day. So Christmas is obviously a bad time for like foreign footballers in England. Um. Barnes, he said, Listen, we're not going to train uh, Christmas Day, so he's going to have Christmas Day off, report to the ground, half one on Boxing Day. So obviously, everybody's with their families, like I, there's no players that will come and socialise with me. So I'm in this fucking five bedroom gaff by myself and just crack open a bottle of whiskey and a pizza and you just sit there. And before I knew it, like the next thing I knew, I woke up uh, on my bedroom, I mean, sorry, my sitting room floor like bleeding bottles around me and there was blood, like literally fucking blood, like I said, vomiting blood. And it just, the the taxi driver banging on the door, like, dum, dum, dum. and I went and woke up and answered the door and he was like, what the fuck? He was like, oh, we need to ring your, your my girlfriend, uh, my wife now. and Yeah, just, I didn't know, even like as I, I jumped in the shower, I was getting ready and I'm still fucking vomiting blood and like I was actually due to start for Barnsley against Preston and you would have thought playing against an ex club, I'd have the, a bit of, bit between my teeth wanted to do well I was just fucking so fragile mentally that like with Christmas I I couldn't get my head around I could like because your family fucking on me for two minutes oh Merry Christmas then you're back with an empty gaff and you're thinking like they're all eating turkey and this and I'm eating I should have been eating pasta I'm eating a fucking pizza like just to try and fucking humour myself or get myself into some better mood but I just couldn't get myself out of the rut of negative thoughts everything was negative I couldn't think of well, I want to be a footballer, and it's Christmas, and this is one of my busiest times. There's nothing I can do about it. It was ah, poor me. I can't believe I'm here by myself. And I'll just drink till I black out. And it, it became the norm very easily, drinking the blackout. out, which is fucking worrying, like.
2: Mm. Mm. And then what? You never even played that game, then you know.
0: Never played the game. I went. I done the done the warm up, and you know, you do a few doggies there and back, there and back. And as I went to do them, I remember like me, me breath, like, you know, starting to breathe heavy and. Just me peripheral vision getting black and black and black, and next thing I knew, I could just about fucking see like people in the stands. We hear them, wasn't a hundred percent, and I went, I went back in, just ran into the the change room like I needed to piss, and I told the gaffer I said I think I have to flee over, don't feel a hundred percent, and he said, uh, yeah, well, looks and just sit sit behind the bench, stay away from the lads, like don't want them catching off you. I just got to, got playing home, and that was it, game over.
1: Is that the last time you ever?
0: No, but I played in the League of Ireland when I came back, but that, that was, that was that the end
1: of your uh, career in that, England. Yeah, yeah. Done. Was okay. that, when and when did you have the moment in the back then?
0: Oh, that was a couple of years later. Like I'm drinking and puking blood, but literally that between the game and that night, I'm back out in the piss in Dublin that night. Like so, although, but I, I do think me leaving, although Barnsley are probably getting a bit annoyed at me at this stage, I'm still a Barnsley player, but. I think I got a bit of a fright with the blood. And yeah, thought I need to be around somebody here because somebody might twig what's going on and help me. And I, I just got worried. I think I can't be alone here because I'm going to fucking die. So I just got myself home. But I kept drinking. But I was at home, so I felt a little bit better about things.
1: So why well, you came back to play here then?
0: I came back. I, I didn't come back to play. Like in my head, I was just coming back to, uh, to sort my head out. But <clears throat> I ended up. Uh, an uncle of mine, John MacDonald, was the, the manager of it. And he said, Oh look, we're fucking we're not great. We're gonna get relegated. Just come in and play the last couple of games of the season for me. So I was like, ah, listen, I'll do it, I'll see if, if I if I like it. Played the fourth game, got beat by Limerick 4-1 and John left. John <laughs> left the club after that. Just left me there for the next seven games. But it got me foot back in the door and I I, I was still drinking like a fucking to take Jordan, like heavy as fuck. Couldn't get round the pitch and play it. signed for a patch then, thinking maybe I'll kick on like, I, th- I played played for Pats for two years and I think I probably played about four good games and it was all, they were all in Europe. Because like, they, they week to week in the League of Ireland it's just oh, Finn Harps this week, this fucking this week. But then once the European games roll around, people start getting professional. It starts, like the, the media are coming in to talk. Yeah. It starts feeling like a big game. So I, I built myself up for them games but once they were gone and the level dropped again I was just like, fuck this, I'm back on the gargle. I just... I don't know. Maybe it was just a bit of a like. I felt I should have been playing at a better level, and I couldn't come to terms. Or so I just fucking kept drinking and drinking, and yeah, I, I just got myself into a dark place. I couldn't get out. I mean, you know. why did you ever retire that then? I was done. Done in England for about was it twenty seven, twenty six, twenty seven? I was done in England. Uh completely done by. Yeah, well, by twenty eight, twenty
1: nine. And is that when? Yeah, the man was in the bat.
0: Yeah, well I think I was twenty eight when I stopped drinking and thirty three now, so yeah. Sometime in around twenty eight I just and it's it's not even like a, a, like a, a physical thing I say oh, I done it because of this. It was literally a mental thing, just yeah, sitting in the back and my mind just snapped. Yeah. I just crying, I said, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like I'm I'm drinking like a taking My me mind mentally I'm just I'm not right and yeah, I just knew. But me wife, we were having me and my wife were having a few problems trying to conceive as well. So that was on me on my mind. And doctors were saying to me maybe you should lay off the drink a bit to allow yourself a better chance. And yeah, like we were we were hitting the post a few times. And eventually we, she fell pregnant with Teddy, and that sort of kick-started me into it as well. Like having a little boy just made me come around and think if I'm not going to be there for him, who the fuck is like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just made me think I need to set a bit of a better example not just for Teddy but for me mm. girls as well so mm. yeah so sort yourself out in the it's a end it's decision it's a bloody tough journey yeah it is but I don't know how you used to it. you used to still go out gargling like not gargling but you just go on that scene yeah. and socialise yeah. I don't know how you still man that's all you always say to him mm.
2: is so I don't I don't get the odds when I'm out socialising. I I'm all right when I'm out. It's when I'm in the gaff on my own board. Yeah. I sit down and I say, Fuck, like I'm not doing that in heck. I have got a box of bottles and a bag of blades and stuff. Nah, oh, see
0: I'm the opposite. If I'm grand in the gaff if I'm out and I start seeing the fucking taps with the water running down them and the blade and the whiskey with you the You still feel the, like, like that now? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Like there's no point in lying to yourself when you see the whiskey. I look at it and think, I'd love to fucking swallow that, but I know the repercussions of it. I, I know no, I'm the it. I still get the urges as well I, now, but. I think anybody who says no, nah, I don't get it, I think they're sort of lying to themselves. Mm. I think you are getting the urge, embrace it. Feel like I'm feeling what I feel, but yeah, acknowledge still, it. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, like, you're it acknowledging. A couple of months
2: ago, when I was going out, I felt the next morning I was waking up like, oh, I need the taste van. Then I stopped going out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I was saying because I was saying to myself, I know for a fact I'm sitting around it too much now. I was going out like two or three nights a week. Not because obviously I'm in recovery, so I'm not drinking. And then I was saying, why am I getting the urge so frequent now? It must be because I'm sitting around it. Yeah. So I stopped going out for a couple of weeks. Now I'm grand now. Well, once every week or two, every mm. two weeks we go out the night, I'll have a few non-alcoholics and I'm grand. Yeah. But I think the more I was sitting around it, the more I was missing
0: it. I was good, though that, you... you you're seeing that yourself like I'm around this a bit too much I'm starting to get that well, that we had too many people. times now yeah
2: I was ringing people there now like obviously Will and stuff like that who were in the recovery as well and saying listen I fucking need to have I feel like I want to have a shame. Well, you're probably sitting around it too much you know getting a bit yeah. of advice off people heard it there and that's it's good to have contacts like that you know what I mean probably yeah, yeah. So knowledge on you yeah so,
0: not till you get older you realise all this shit is it? like yeah how fucking precious our time is and not to be going it's around fucking
2: so, this so slippery that slope yeah. like you start off with one a week and
0: one night a week and yeah but that's like even at the time like obviously I, I'm drinking ridiculous amounts but I never felt like an alcoholic mm. It's that's the weird thing like I would never thought I'm an alcoholic and I think that was because the the thing I had in my head of an alcoholic an alcoholic couldn't go up and play football like yeah. we do so I'm not an alcoholic so now I am an alcoholic it's just I managed to do what I do. It's only a couple of hours walk a day as a footballer. So it's although it's physical, it's yeah. it's not that long. So and you are you know, young. Yeah, and I, it? you know, when you're doing a possession box, it's as far as five lads. You can play cast by the Friendly Ghost and just fucking hide in the corner. Yeah, you just pass it to me and you hide behind somebody. Yeah, like, so it's all variable, but not actually fucking wanting it at all. Like yeah. so, there's little things you can fucking do to hide. And, Did you miss yeah. the ball, Keith? Yeah, uh, I don't. I do, I do miss it but like I, I'm training Pat's under 17 so I get me a little fix at the dressing room and stuff through that like the lads are good and he's, tactically I, I still I have a bit of an input there so I enjoy that sort of thing and with the co-commentary as well like you're, you're constantly looking <clears throat> how teams are playing how they're going to win yeah. how they're going to defend properly so I get to break things down on a different level than playing so I enjoy that sort of stuff but the 90 minutes of football was grand for me I always enjoyed it it was the shit that came after like like, when you play for Blackburn, you go out to a restaurant, somebody has something to say to you. Wait, yeah. you go somewhere else, somebody has something to say to you. So, even, and then social media was just starting to come into it as well when I, when I was starting to play. So, that sort of stuff I, I really had no time for. I didn't know how to deal with it mentally. So, yeah, I, I don't really miss the game, but I am getting me a little fix here and there, you know, from yeah. tactics and stuff like that. And you're
1: you're going to be able to come at out from a different perspective, not just the tactics, but, like, you're going to understand that these are humans as well
0: yeah well that's Mm. that's exactly it I think there's a a real place I know with Brexit and all now kids can't go over as young as I did but Mm. when they go over if you're 17, 18 whatever fucking age you are you're still going to be homesick you know what I mean And a lot of Irish families are close Irish families so to Mm. break somebody away and and throw them over to England and say right go and be a footballer it's a very difficult thing and you you feel you feel really unique when you're over there you don't think anybody else has ever gone through this none of my mates have ever gone through what I've gone through so it's quite hard to be able to open up and, and talk to somebody on a level so, you know, if there's there's nobody really in the FEI that you can turn to and have a chat and unload this sort of stuff, or, or like a club liaison who'll come between and help, I I think there's a real need for somebody like that to to help the young lads out. Like you said before, there's so many Irish players go over and end up coming back because something's not right. It's not the talent. It's not mm. the level of ability. It's something mentally. So there, there needs to be somebody there. Like, I, I, there's, there's definitely a niche for somebody just to try and help yeah. the lads. Out and I think it.
1: what you were saying as well is that it's not as intense here. So when you come back from after being that intensive environment, you think, well, why aren't these so intense? Am I stepping down a level? Am I a failure now? And that mm-hmm. that extra weight is on your shoulder then when you need to realise like, The League of Ireland still it's it's on the up as well. It's it's becoming a more decent yeah, level yeah, as well. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, there's people making a very very viable career playing in Ireland now like yeah. the money's going up as well so it
0: is it's a decent it is a very decent level but like you said because of the level that I came from when I came to the League of Ireland I felt like I'd failed I, I remember doing a podcast and somebody asking me all them years ago oh, do you feel there's a bit of a stigma around you coming back and I definitely like mm-hmm. I feel like people look at me and think like what the fuck's he doing here yeah but it was just one of them things and I, it's good because although I had bags of ability and I could have done this and I could have done that I, I, I'm more proud, I'm not as proud of my football career, I'm more proud of being able to come out to the side and recognise yeah. like I fucking yeah. needed help at this point and I got out of it and I'd like to think now I'm a bit of a, a little bit better of a human being for it, like I mm-hmm. treat people a bit better, I've, I've more time for people, I'm not that stupid little kid that that I was back in the day and, mm definitely lost that fucking ego as well.
1: And you can teach these kids a lesson so they don't have to go through what yeah, you went through. That,
0: but that's, yeah. that's a big thing. Like when I was asked to coach the seven days, I thought it's not really for me because I was a bit of a fucking nightmare as a child. I think imagine talking to somebody like me yeah. as a child. But I remember saying to one of the kids at, at the at patch like, oh, you need to do this. And their reply was, thank you, I appreciate it. I couldn't get over it like how nice they were and how much they wanted to take yeah, it on board. The, yeah. and I just thought, this is fucking brilliant. If you've got somebody who wants to learn, I'm all in. I'll fucking help you all day.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: brilliant. Yeah, what's your biggest achievement in your career? Do you think? Do you look back? What's your biggest?
0: Um, I don't know. I was playing for Ireland. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it was weird. Like again, like like I said, I, I was in probably 30, 30 Ireland squads, and I only got six caps. So that like the first thing that comes into my head is I should have got more. But getting a cap is still unbelievable. Yeah, I know, but it's 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 that thing, isn't it? Of always having it in your head, I could have done, I should have done, and mm. I have X, Y, and Z reasons why I should have done, but. You know, like I said, I try and flip her on its head and make it a positive thought and say, you know, I should have done more, but at least I got sick. Mm. So, yeah, maybe uh, yeah, playing for Ireland for the first time the Argentina game would have been probably a big one. Mm. Yeah. Who's the
1: best player I ever played with?
0: Uh, do you know, I, I'm not going to say the obvious. A wit. Wit or against? Wit. Well, the obvious. Wit. Yeah. Wit. Yeah.
2: With, uh, <clears throat> Against us, the obvious is obviously gonna be the messy one, other Yeah, but
0: I that's what mean. I'm not gonna say, Messi Ronaldo, like, Uh the best player they played was probably Craig Bellamy, <clears throat> at Blackburn. He was fucking brilliant. Him, Roque Santa Cruz. What yeah. was he like as a person? He was cutthroat, like, really yeah, cutthroat. Yeah. He did uh, some
2: mad stories about Bellamy
0: and stuff. I, he, was, he was off the wall. He was a nice fella, like he was a nice fella, but he, he had a switch in him, but he was fucking brilliant. that season he came to Blackburn with Mark Hughes He went to Liverpool after yeah, that, and then yeah. went to Man City. He was fucking unbelievable. But the way he trained, the way he's like, I remember a couple of kids. I was one of the kids that come up to train with the first team, and him saying like, "What are you doing here? You're shy." Yeah. Like not to me. He was saying to other kids, and you're thinking like, "He's just cutthroat." Like, you know, he thought I was all right, so I, I got away with it. But if you didn't think you were good, he, he let you know. Like he was Madness. fucking cutthroat. But I played against the, the obvious one, Ronaldo, Messi, but Rivaldo. Rivaldo. Who did? Yeah, I played how against, did you play Rivaldo. against Rivaldo. Uh, he was at Galatasaray in a, a pre-season game. Uh, he played for Blackburn. And I, don't, I can't even remember what fucking country. was. Like know, against did
1: he play well this game or was he just like, he was iconic and you got to play against him at the backstretch of his career, so you count that as the best player you yeah. play against.
0: Yeah, he wasn't great.
1: Now, I mean, who was the best player that you were playing? Like, Jesus Christ, this fella is class. I
2: can't touch him. It's probably Ronaldo in yeah. that game, is it?
0: Ronaldo was good, but yeah, like like... I was playing on the right wing and Ronaldo was playing on the right, so he
1: so didn't really, so, yeah. So, yeah. like,
0: I think a corner broke and I ended up having to smash him from that. But, yeah, probably fucking skulls was good, he couldn't get near fucking skulls. His passing ability, like, and passing ability was unreal. Mm. But there's some fucking players like you're thinking like, these are bang average. I remember playing against Gary Neville. You're thinking like,
2: bang average. Yeah, but that's <laughs> what I mean. You're
0: thinking like, this fella's played for United you know, for so many years and you're thinking, he, he has to be this and you're thinking, all you have to do is get in a foot race against him yeah. and run yeah. past him. But Yeah, there's some fucking chances out there but there's, there's some fucking top, top players out there as well. Yeah. yeah. Santa Cruz was very good. You know what, remember Rocky Santa Cruz? Yeah. You know what his nickname at Blackhawm was? Rose Santa Cruz. Why? You I love the gargle, did he? Yeah, yeah, Rose the Santa Cruz, Dominic Matteo, Gary Flickroft, even me. Like, I was, I was only fucking young, but I'd be dipping in and out of it. Like, there was proper, proper drinking skill there.
1: Like, that's mad because I thought, like, coming into the early 2000s, like, you're at the stretch of that whole drinking career kind of thing, and like, people took it serious then. But like, you're talking into what just 2008,
0: 2009, yeah, 10. like,
1: that's madness to me. Like, I I thought when I was growing up, John, when you seen like, footballers, because I always say to you, Tan, it's about people who are coming into their 30s now. And you know when you hear someone like, oh, he's 33 now, not yeah. much left. And I'm like, 33 now is not the same as 33 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, right. They yeah. look after themselves. And I thought they would have been doing that in, in around your time. I didn't think the drinking culture was that big.
0: Well, like I say, I think the, the big clubs were, like, Arsenal, Arsene Wenger come over and he fucking sorted Arsenal. We, he knocked the drinking on yeah. the head, eating right but it took the rest of the premiership, it took a while for everybody up, else yeah. to get like that. So, I think Blackburn, although they had won the premiership and all, they were starting, they were on a bit of a decline mm-hmm. getting money for duffer and that. But, yeah, no, there was a fucking decent drinking school. Every club I went to, there was a decent drinking school. It was probably me like digging out the drinkers. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. them out and you finding them. But, me. I didn't have to, f- I used to go out with the cleaner for pressing. There was a little fella called Boris, a little Polish bloke who used to clean the dressing rooms. And if I couldn't get anybody, I'd text him. And he'd be saying, oh, "I've no clothes." He'd be coming out in suits and all. Like I'd give him walking out with me and him. That's I'd be desperately. Mental yeah. that is. Yeah. But you'd so, always find someone. What,
1: what, what you're up to nowadays? Just what, one thing that struck me at the start of the podcast was like I've done through, went through all this, but I'm happy now. Hmm. Uh,
0: well, I do. I do gardening three days a week. I'm a gardener out in Dollymount. I do that, and I do like me bit of analysis. I do uh, three days a week with Saint Pat's, and I've. I've two girls and Teddy's only fucking three as well. So 13, 12-year-old uh, and a three-year-old at home as well. So it's a lot like, but I love it. Like, my house is fucking hectic, but yeah. it's like a good hectic. It's, I, I know what's happening every day. And yeah. I have a routine and I stick to the routine. And it's sort of, it would probably drive somebody else mad, but my routine is my keeps routine. keeps stable. Yeah, it keeps yeah. me exactly where, where I need to be and it keeps me in a good mind basically. Like.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. It's, it's, it's nice to now now, like, you think that some people would be longing to for what you had? For you, are just longing for the bit of normality.
0: Yeah, well, the, the big thing for me, yeah, the normality. Like the, the football was great, and I was a great journey, but I, I was never really comfortable in my own skin. I always felt like I had to do things for other people, and like I'd walk into a room and people go, "There's the footballer," and you sort of had to hold yourself in a yeah. certain way and get a
1: you know, reputation. Yeah, you, you
0: had to be a certain like hold yourself in, in certain situations, whereas now I'm just just happy in my own skin and yeah. like if, if I was to walk out here and you said I don't really like him it, it wouldn't really bother me like you know what I mean in the nicest yeah. possible way I'm just I'm just comfortable I don't need yeah. I don't long for acceptance like I used to I'm just happy in my own skin and that's probably the best way to put it like I'm yeah. just comfortable
1: it's great to know that you've come to terms with that and obviously the counselling you had obviously helped you like it's yeah. Great it was, to see
0: honestly anybody who's like I'm sure you just know I heard you speak about mental health all the time on here so the big thing for me is just to talk about it, get it out of you because these things that fucking manifest inside you, they can be a killer if you leave them in there and like mm-hmm. if you need to fucking unload them to people, whether it's your wife, your kids, your fucking dog or some stranger you're never going to see again in your life, just fucking unload it to somebody. It, mm-hmm. it, once you start doing that, you're on the road to recovery. You just need to unload it. Yeah, that's brilliant. brilliant sure. Yeah. You got anything else? No. You happy? Yeah. yeah wrap this one up, Okay. Thanks for coming start. in. It was yeah, honestly... Time,
1: brilliant this was
2: yeah, nice coming in, Keith.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah right, that's it right take us out Chris Boom. subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app what you
2: the down Go down Go down, Go down.